If you guys love Talking Simpsons and What a Cartoon, you guys should check out at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons our brand new What a Cartoon movie podcast. For $10 and up patrons, you get access to our premium What a Cartoon movie podcast where me and Bob go through a different animated feature film each month. We've done Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, Kiki's Delivery Service, Akira, and a Goofy movie. Who knows what we'll do next? You'll want to check it all out for yourself at the $10 and up level at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to Talking Simpsons, the podcast that always involves a horrible web of lies. I'm your host, kidney mush lover, Bob Mackey. This is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Henry Gilbert, or a big thirsty teddy bear. And who is on the line with us? Uh, Shivam Putt, I'm just a Ganesh statue hoping to destroy marriage. Aren't we all? And today's episode <laughs> is The Two Mrs. Nahasapima Petalons. Hey, is she not poo lately? He looks terrible. Yeah, rumor has it Marge threw him out. Ah, uh, tough break. She's a beautiful lady. You got that straight, Vaughn. <laughs> to Marge! Today's episode aired on November 23rd, 1997, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real-world history. <gasps> oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby! William Shatner marries his third wife, Noreen Kidd. It uh, doesn't end well. Oh, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one, okay. yes. Celine Dion's Let's Talk About Love is released in record stores, which features the song My Heart Will Go On. Mm. And Tomb Raider 2 is released on the PlayStation. Also, septuplets are born for the first time in America, where the entire group lives past infancy, which I think is interesting based on where the Apu and Manjula characters from this episode will be going in their next major episode. But they'd all be defeated by Octomom, correct? Uh, yes, yeah. Boy, this is a more innocent pre-Octomom. Ah, <laughs> uh, the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, now William Shatner's, uh, this, this is the wife who... Uh, um, passed away mm. and was found uh, dead in his pool, pool yeah. in their pool. And yeah, it's uh, it's weird. It's weird. The police found no wrongdoing. It's just mm. an accident, as, as they called it. And uh, yes, my heart will go on. Could not escape that song for from that Near point or on far, <laughs> wherever you are. <laughs> but we are in the the fall of Titanic, right? The autumn. It of is Titanic, just right? about to begin. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah. And oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Tomb Raider games i still i never really played them they just looked really? ugly to me i was too busy i was too busy being a nintendo fanboy thinking <laughs> the tomb raider looked like european trash That's i awesome. think uh, <laughs> i think two was the last one i actually played seriously ah. until the 2013 reboot was fine it's okay <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to sound like an anti-British developer guy, but I only got but all their in, games are bad. I only got into Tomb Raider when Crystal Dynamics took it over. So, like, I remember when Tomb Raider two came out, and it was like, oh my god, look at the graphics! And then you look at them, and you're like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> but vehicles <laughs> and more people to shoot. Not a lot of tombs, though. They got rid of the tombs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Shivam is back. He is our, I, I, I think I'll call him our cultural correspondent. Uh, 
for some that's fair. for some topics. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good way to put it, but I'm going to put it that way anyways. But yes, Shivam, you uh, were last on our uh, Much Apu About Nothing episode. Talk yes, about that your, was, that, uh, was your... A, that was quite the trip. That was a, a heck of an episode right in the middle of Apu fever when the great <laughs> uh, Hari Kondabalu put out his documentary and Apu was the most hotly discussed guy on Twitter for like two weeks. I, I think it flares up every now and then usually when a Simpson producer says something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and by producer, you mean Al Jean. I mean, let's not name names here. <laughs> <laughs> let's call him A. Jean. No, no, no. Al J. <laughs> But yes, uh, so this episode is also about Apu. It's his next big episode since then. Yes. And it's also about an Indian wedding. And uh, I believe you have a lot of experience with marrying people. Is that correct? (laughs) Well, I mean... On the weekend, I'm a Hindu priest and I do Hindu religious ceremonies and rituals and uh, cultural things. And I have done something like, uh, let's just say a hundred something Indian weddings in the past five or six years. Wow. Wow, That's a, I had no idea there were that many. And you know, this is the Bay Area. There are quite a few of us just (laughs) hanging around. Wow. That that is really impressive. That's way more than Reverend Lovejoy does. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I was, I have a lot to say about that when we get there. I want a lot of fact checking in this episode. (laughs) Oh, there's fact checking. facts that have been checked. <laughs> By the way, in case anyone is wondering, this episode's title is based off of the 1947 Humphrey Bogart movie called The Two Mrs. Carols, and the plot has nothing to do with faking being a wife. Ah, so see. don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, but uh, Shiva, Mrs., in case people didn't hear much of Poo about nothing, I mean, just quickly, what, uh, what what's your background with The Simpsons and also uh, your personal background? Sure. So uh, with The Simpsons, I watched it. I actually remember seeing this episode live, for instance. Uh, I definitely watched it the for the first decade or so with everybody I had a Bartman t-shirt and I had a fanny pack that was bright purple that said something like don't have a cow man I definitely watched the heck out of the Simpsons when I watched network TV and then once I like kind of went away to college I stopped watching TV and so I kind of missed the second half of the Simpsons or like this I guess the second two-thirds of the Simpsons. That's true, the middle the middle decade. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, so I was fond of it, and I'm still fond of it. It's uh, it's good. It's just challenged, and, you know, it's a product of its time. But me personally, um, let's see, I work in Silicon Valley. I know you guys because we both, we all work together in the games industry for a while. Yeah. And I currently work in the uh, movie and films industry, so I'm very familiar with TV shows and The Simpsons, having just put out like all 30 seasons onto our service or whatever it is. <laughs> On the weekends, like I said, I'm a Hindu priest, and that gives me a little bit of insight into watching the producers mangle my culture over and over again. Mm. And I felt That's a good time. <laughs> I feel like Indian weddings were like entering pop culture, American pop culture at this time, because there was an episode of Seinfeld about an Indian wedding. Was there some yeah. sort of there was like a flashpoint, some sort of movie or some sort of well, thing that we all saw us us white people that that's a good idea for a, pl- a plot in a sitcom <laughs> or a movie or something like that. There were quite I mean, the thing is like Indian stuff and Bollywood had finally started bleeding over to America in the late nineties. So people were starting to be aware that there's this such thing as a gigantic Indian film industry. And the film industry there it was all about like, you know, flowers and dancing and big weddings. Like the nineties were full of huge, huge Indian wedding based movies like Hamapke Hekorn or whatever. So a lot of those started to bleed into pop culture. I mean, in 2001 is when we got uh, Monsoon Wedding, which is still a few years away from uh, this one. And that was the big one that broke it. But before that, we definitely had, um, I mean, we were starting to get things like Bennett. Bennett, like Beckham, I think was still in like 2000. Yeah. So I guess it would have been, 97 would have been like the beginning of people starting to understand Indian culture and, you know, 
seeing them all over the place. This episode is a is difficult at times in a in a modern view. I think too. I, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I I mean. Oh, sorry, Henry. I want to think in a lot of cases and jokes in this episode that the producers' hearts were in the right place. I I want to think that, dude. Um, it's good to want things. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. that's also true. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they did make some baby steps forward in that season seven episode that you were the guest on. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, I feel like they're making some baby steps backwards. Mm. Oh my god, there, there are parts of this episode. Like this episode is just about all the tropes I could possibly imagine wrapped up in one <laughs> of like negative <laughs> ideas of Indian culture. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I definitely laughed, but there were a lot of parts <laughs> where I was like pausing and I had to just like walk away and come back in like ten minutes because I'm like, I can't skip it because I have to talk. About about it so I have to watch this darn it <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry uh, this was kind of a bummer to watch now in retrospect too because the two guest actresses in this are two of my favorites like they're two like yeah. legends of sketch comedy Andrea Martin and the late Jan Hooks like that they are on equal footing with their uh, male co-stars from like SNL SCTV oh, even, though, sure. even though they didn't have the huge exposure that a lot of their male co-stars had and like uh, Andrea martin especially these days she's still doing amazing stuff and it's just it's a bummer i think they do all right with what they're given but yeah they shouldn't they there's other times they could have been cast in roles on the simpsons <laughs> yeah and not be this. i mean i think the intent with this was you know let's flesh out a poo more like that last episode did but at the expense of some very broad jokes and a lot of whitewashing that's what we get in this episode now to be fair to this episode it did get a few things very right like the relationship between apu and his mom that kind of fear that he has (laughs) is so relatable that i definitely as so i'm in a mixed race marriage and i definitely understood when apu picks up the phone and is talking to his mom and is like i don't want to have this conversation right now Uh, it definitely, it definitely was too real. Let me say it's, uh, this was an interesting place for them to take Apu to, to not only, so we, we talked about in previous episodes, sometimes he's cast as like a kind of an innocent, almost virginal type guy, or like a guy who is excited that Marge kissed him in a play, for instance. Uh, but then other times he's, he's sleeping with princess Kashmir, And so this is kind of like rediscovering his ladies man character right before they get rid of it and mm. just marry him off at the end of the episode. And then, and then make the character be a receptacle for like newlywed stories into new father type yeah. stories. Sure. But it also, those are two of like the biggest tropes of like just Indian men in pop culture, which is like, look at this sexless nerd, right? Like mm-hmm. this guy who's got no idea how to touch a woman or like, like talk to a woman. Oh my God. Cause there's some oppressed culture and they've never seen a woman that their mother wasn't, you know, holding on to and behind a veil and three walls or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's just so frustrating that, like, and emasculating. That's the word I was looking for. Mm. It just feels like his character in this episode vacillates between super emasculated and the other Indian stereotype of the really gross, sleazy kind of, like, Indian guy who just, like, won't take no for an answer, you know? It's like, Mm. come on, man. But that's kind of just American pop culture in the 90s with Indian, or forever really, with Indian <laughs> people, and there's not a lot you can do about that. One thing I do like about this episode, it, it's something they, it's, it's a recurring theme I like in Simpsons episode, is one that Homer especially tries to do sitcom style schemes, yeah. but there, yeah. there's more real things happen to it. I, I really like those types of jokes. <laughs> I have a theory about this episode in Homer. It's mm-hmm. a dumb theory, but I'll say it anyways. It's that Homer is kind of like a, a sitcom trickster god in this episode, where 
where he's like, we got to have a sitcom story happening. I'm not yes. invested in any way. There is no reason for Homer to care about any of this. But he no, just does it anyway exactly to make things more interesting. Like the Puck character or uh, <laughs> like, you know, Loki or something. In fact, he seems kind of bored by everything halfway through. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's mad they're going through the most, especially the flashback. He's like, here we go. Yeah, and then he just leaves to have his own story for five minutes. <laughs> and, then just, and then just comes back and Marge has reaction like, well, I'm glad you had fun, but I had my other story going on. It definitely felt like an old Greek play where they're like, we need somebody to kick this story off and then you need to leave. <laughs> we'll get back to you when we need you, but bye. <laughs> uh, the, the commentary is an interesting one. It's just uh, the writer, Richard Pell, director, Stephen Dean Moore, and showrunner, Mike Scully. And one bit they say about uh, their research in this episode is that they they said they did, uh, they as they called it, they said they did a lot of research on Hindu did they? ceremony. <laughs> this is what they said. Uh, but they also said that a lot of it wasn't funny. So they didn't use it that was uh, huh who would uh, imagine that one of the most important ceremonies in a person's life might not be very funny (laughs) (laughs) so they just threw they threw it away though uh stephen e moore says that background artist lance wilder worked he did a lot of research on just drawing the wedding but uh but i i will refer to uh shivam on how accurate or not it was uh (laughs) Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to that, okay. I guess. Uh, <laughs> but all right. Well, I mean, this episode begins. I first want to have a shout out to the cl- couch gag, just because oh, it has yeah. an El Barto reference. Like that is so season one. You never see El Barto stuff on the show, so that that's always nice. I like that. It uh, that feels like one of the artists working on it worked on season one and was <laughs> like, "Hey guys, remember El Barto? Remember?" I mean, this episode and previous ones in the season, they're really leaning into the amount of historical baggage the show has. Like, yeah, like in this episode, they're like, "You had an elephant, <laughs> remember?" I feel like yes, that yeah. made me laugh a lot. <laughs> I feel like every season nine episode we've done so far and uh, and recorded that come out after this, they all have like a scene where they're just like, "Oh, this is a lot of baggage we got yeah. in this show." Here's huh? the reference closet. <laughs> they're very tired. Ta- I think they're starting to get a little tired of feeling like they can't tell a story because they told it before, which will come through very hilarious for being season nine of 30 <laughs> yes yeah. hey, they, just, they just did the table read for season 31 today as of this recording wow so, wow coming damn. up on what 33 yes yeah it will we'll have simpsons episodes into 2022 mm. we'll see if it goes even beyond that or if the human race does too yeah. we'll see we'll make it first <laughs> the episode has another typical thing of the scully seasons which is a first act that kind of isn't immediately related to the story but is a really funny idea of just a bachelor auction i've i've never been to a bachelor auction uh, of ladies bidding on guys for charity or whatever i uh, i don't know if either of you i have not those were actually things that used to happen a lot in the 70s and 80s yeah not a lot but like at like you know church functions or whatever it just kind of like i don't know i thought that scene was just hilarious personally it was like maybe the most laughing i did the episode (laughs) we we did our first live show was about the biggest loser in springfield the biggest loser adult male (laughs) and this really makes you realize how every male is a a loser in the show except for apu like they do a good job saying no apu has a phd he runs a business he's very industrious he's got a cool car well That's that's one of the things though, I got to say that when you sit there and listen to Apu reading off his like resume in that sec- in that scene and you're like look at this where's where's the story of him actually saying hey you know what I made it I'm rich now <laughs> I have a billion kids and a wife I can use some of this stuff and maybe you know be something other than the quickie mart guy uh, 
that's a different argument, <laughs> but it's just, gosh, there's so much promise with this character that they could have had. And there's so much places they could go for funny and they just keep, you know, going for the cheap hit. And it's like, mm. Yeah, I, I guess I they just I I don't think they see Apu as as that, and now I feel like they just they we won't see Apu see again <laughs> on TV. Yeah. yeah, I have a feeling that's the future. But uh, but okay, so this bit begins here though with Kent Brockman. I think Kent Brockman could have just hosted this, but instead he's yeah. he's just the MC for Krusty the Clown. <laughs> Good evening, I'm Kent Brockman. Our top story, punks and lots of them, and all to raise money for the Springfield Fire Department to buy a fire engine so they can get two fires. <laughs> Lazy bums. Yeah, why don't we buy a mink stoles while we're at it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a good one. <laughs> and now let's hear it for our celebrity auctioneer, Krusty. Who's that? Huh. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? The clown! Oh! <laughs> They don't know who Krusty is. I could, I could hear all the crowd murmuring in this clip now that it's isolated. Who's that? Who's that? I don't understand. It's also interesting in there, uh, they, they pulled every single woman out of the packet they've got. And so, like, <laughs> the creator of Malibu Stacy yeah. is sitting behind the Simpsons very prominently. She's there this. and looks a lot younger, yes, too. Yes, yeah. And I guess I guess Krusty can read now. At least he can read Hey Hey. Uh, yeah, no. Oh, actually, mean, he's like not doing that, not doing that. Nope, nope. Back, I mean, back in talk to in his classic talk to the audience, he had learned to read by then. By yeah, before he can read. It's true. Not great, not well, but uh, he can do it. And also, yeah, I like I like when Bart and Homer share a laugh together. Right? It's, it's cute. It's a it's a nice moment. Like uh, good one, Dad. Even though Homer's Homer's sentiment has been said by real people all the time about uh, hating charity, basically, <laughs> and also just hunks and plenty of them. That's that's a funny. <laughs> Krusty gets quick to work here. Hey hey, eh, I mean that. Mm. No, not that either. Okay, let's bring on our first bachelor. <laughs> all right, ladies. This sexy fellow describes himself as a big, thirsty teddy bear. Say oh, hello God. to Barney Gumble. <laughs> okay, now, what am I bid? Hey, now, I got zero. I got zero. I got no bid here. I got zero. I'm standing at zero. Anybody want to go island zero? I got zero right now. Okay, over there, no, zero. I got not. I got still. I got bupkis. I got zero. Nothing. Hey. Poor Barney. Uh, this line is withdrawn. <laughs> He's walked away off stage. I, I love just his blank expression doesn't change other than him just shifting. Like stumbling, slightly. yeah. Uh, and I also, I do love that Krusty refuses. He's like, you know, I'm not even doing a monologue. I'm not reading jokes. Let's just get to it. Like, <laughs> yeah, he has seen the good and he knows what he's up to. It's just like, you know what, man? Let's just get out of here as fast yeah. as we can. So like, he already did the Little Miss Springfield pageant five years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, God, I just love, he's like, eh, I don't read that. No, not that either. That, that felt like a very real people who have written for, say, David Letterman or Johnny Carson type vibe of them saying, I'm not reading that. No. <laughs> I do it. And yeah, of course, Barney is like completely drunk when he arrives. It looks like he was just shoved onto the stage, too. <laughs> and Dan, as Krusty the auctioneer, just calling zero yeah. is, is so funny, too. It's, it's really good. After Barney, we get to see uh, Captain McAllister, which, you know what? Captain McAllister, look, he might be old, and he's married to the sea, and he has two glass eyes. 
but he owns his own restaurant. He's a positive guy. I I think he should not have gotten zero. But he lost his Game Boy. He's irresponsible. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, uh, we do hear from Captain McAllister here. Come on! He likes sunsets. What more do you want? Hmm. Yar, I'm not attractive. <laughs> yar. God, that is the saddest yar I've ever heard. Yar. He's so sad. <laughs> it's a defeated yar. yar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it just is a very outright statement of like, I'm not attractive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just like the descent of that yar just makes me laugh so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, there's, but there's an even more eligible bachelor coming on stage now. Our last bachelor likes women who take their clothes off for money. Let's hear it for Mo. <laughs> that was. Why uh, do we have to stand here? This is so humiliating. Aren't there any good bachelors in this town? Uh, we're never gonna get that fire engine. <laughs> that was a royalty-free ver- uh, version of staying alive. Yes, uh, yeah. That's... But uh, I love. How he doesn't even. He doesn't even stop. He just walks right yeah. off stage. Like, nope, nope. The All women the women are, are glaring at him too. They're glaring so hard. Like he knows. He knows to not even stop walking. <laughs> they really are leaning into Mo being single and lonely yes. in these seasons. So desperately lonely. <laughs> yeah, but those glares felt like they could light his polyester jacket on fire. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh god, it would just going. melt, melt to his skin. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's just smile. It's one of the funniest moments of the Scully era, I think, is the Mo grin as he walks across high the elbows, stage, yeah, high elbows, and just walking to the and walking to the pen where all the other guys are. Who else is there? There's like Otto and Kirk Van Houten, Hans Moleman, comic book guys, yeah. and Disco Stew, mm-hmm. and and of course Barney and McAllister who have already been on stage. And that his right, like he wanted to be advertised that he likes women who take their clothes off for money. Get to the point. <laughs> and <laughs> and as I say in the commentary, it was uh, his walk across the stage was inspired by a a story of Red Fox. I don't know if you've heard this one, Bob. Yeah, actually, it's it's more directly referenced in uh, Trash of the Titans. Yes, the two hundredth yeah. episode. But yeah, in uh, it was like a Las Vegas show, I believe. And Red Fox came out to the Sanford and Son theme, <laughs> and then he saw a few people were in the crowd. He's like, "I'm not fucking doing this." And he turns around, he leaves, and they play him off with the same theme because they didn't know like what do we do? I'll just play the same theme. <laughs> Uh, and actually, Mike Scully wrote on the sitcom where he died. That is, man, this is grim. Yeah. This is, uh, so uh, they references that real life thing twice. <laughs> oh, and also, this episode's going to have the death jingle and the anti death jingle. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, that's uh, true. Uh, let's, Get ready for both. Uh, yeah, sorry. The, also, the 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 cut to the hunky fireman who just right. Yeah, <laughs> that's so great. <laughs> They're perfectly hunky. Yeah, I I. Th- think that they it, they just don't understand they could be selling themselves to hire, buy a fire truck they were the magic mics of the 90s <laughs> i believe that's the actual joke right like, yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> like hey look at firefighters auction oh look at barney <laughs> <laughs> yeah the women should be mad that they didn't get the fire they probably thought okay firefighters and no no i wonder no. but i wonder why apu is in the audience for this what brings why him to this come? bachelor auction yeah, just why to watch it for fun <laughs> Who's minding the quickie bark? Exactly. Mark should be asking a poo that. <laughs> He's just kind of sitting in his chair glumly. I feel like uh, there's there really is no reason for Apu to be there. But we get to the the real plot of the episode begins with Apu here. And I also do love uh, in this next clip Krusty's reaction to oh, I I almost fell out of my chair hearing that. <laughs> uh, but but here here this is uh, one of our longer clips of the episode, but but all good. Well, I guess that's it, folks. Had some laughs. 
killed some time. Apu, you're a bachelor. Get up there. No, no, no. Please, I am nothing special. Don't be shy. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. We have one more bachelor. It's the check. What? Just tell them about yourself. Oh. Um, <clears throat> well... I have a doctorate in computer science. Well, sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. Um, I run my own business, of course. Well, I do like to cook. I'm not much of a talker, but I love to listen. And in my leisure time, I like to build furniture and then to have a discussion about where it could be placed in a room. $75. You better have enough left to pay my alimony, Luann. $300. $350. So, to the five desperate chicks. <laughs> All right, we got him. Whew. Holy moly. Wow, look who's the ladies' man. Come on, So Ruth Powers is one of the uh, lonely chicks. Yes, yeah. Has and not I'll... found love yet after, her, I guess, her stint in prison. Uh, oh, yeah, that was, well, also Miss Penny Candy is there, which would be a real oh, you're right. kick in the butt for Krusty. He's, he's, uh, he's left her dangling too long. I was just, that, that laugh, just like a poo's little tickle laugh. I was like, oh, God, that's real... That sound is just super creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I like how uncomfortable it makes Marge and Lisa that they... <laughs> too much tittering for that. Yeah, it's good foreshadowing. <laughs> and also, it's a great sad joke that Kirk Van Houten, he gets <laughs> alimony from Luann. Well, he's unemployed, I'm guessing, still yeah, the Cracker yeah. Factory. That severance ran out. <laughs> Though what family court judge is going to give him the alimony? <laughs> like, uh, I guess there's some real fa favorable divorce judges in, in Springfield, I suppose. Uh, well, the way Apu explains himself, the joke is, too, that he's supposed to sound like the perfect man for what they the writers imagine women want, which includes, like, I only listen, I don't talk, <laughs> I build furniture and move it around the apartment for you. That's, that's And I have a business and support my family. He does sound like a real catch. I, I Agree. Which again, it's weird though that he doesn't have like uh, like he said he should be moving on from being the cashier at the Quickie Mart. And he's skilled in the deadly arts too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and he's got a cool Firebird. Like it's the return of his Firebird. You're right. Yeah, last scene in Two Bad Neighbors, which I don't know if he really keeps that around in mm. his. I can't recall if he's driving around in that in uh, eight misbehaving episodes. I want to say it sticks around. Okay. Looks hard to draw, though. <laughs> uh, but it's such a cool design. And it's the perfect size to keep Wubsy the bear in, too. All right. Which, uh, I like his date with Miss Hoover. Who's next door neighbors with Luann Van Houten. Yeah, that's actually weird a little bit. But They're both Maggie Roswell characters, so it makes sense. I like how Hoover, uh, she even like kind of sexily closes the door with her butt, which is kind of, I, I like. It's a good little <laughs> animation move. They pointed out on the commentary, though, that's her old haircuts. Oh, yes, for Luann. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess she styled her hair different. Differently for this for like clog, clog dancing, dancing. Yeah. yeah no no more capri pants and uh, whatever else she was wearing i, that, I laughed a lot of that scene <laughs> the, the fact that he had his own shoes just man, try and stop it. me <laughs> yeah also luann though she's at the end of this episode she's with pyro at it so i'm wondering yeah. if they're having kind of a more casual relationship they could have been on a break or whatever <laughs> maybe he was away on uh, american gladiators trips and they just have a deal <laughs> yeah you know, like hey no we're not exclusive you can't expect pyro to be monogamous when he's on the road with all of the american gladiator stuff <laughs> 
We we see that uh, Apu is getting getting a lot of dates. He reads Homer part of the note, which I have to think what comes next rhymes with the word alone. I'm guessing bone. I, it's got to be something about a bone. Like, yeah, I spent like way too much time trying to figure out what the second uh, the final line of that poem would be, <laughs> but I think it's probably like bone or something like that. But or moan maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. moan. Yeah, I can see that. What I was trying to figure out is what Krusty was singing underneath that dialogue, and I put headphones on. I could not make it out. <laughs> There's one line about having some drinks or pouring some drinks. I uh, don't yeah. know what it is. No one has like transcribed it online. It sounds like Dan Castellaneta just like. <laughs> Ad libbing a song. <laughs> I love the line "cash the check." Like what? <laughs> he's bragging about like this. This was meaningless to him. He's like, "Look, I I killed some time. I cashed a check. I drank whatever. I uh, you you got you got mid range crusty. <laughs> Everything seems to be going well for Apu until he gets a letter. This is just a note to say I think about you every day, and when I get you all alone, well, it gets a little bit personal here. I understand. Yoink! Wow! I know. Whoa. Tell me about it. Uh. Oh, here's one from my mother. Ooh, let's see what she wrote. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! Oh, You hate lotus flowers, too? Don't get me started on lotus flowers. No, no, it is the sign that it is time for my arranged marriage. Oh, well, congratulations. No, 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 don't you know what it means? Not really. (laughs) It all happened shortly after my eighth birthday. Okay, here we go. I just Homer is so weirdly low energy. Just he's there to hang out with a poo, which he never did before, and he doesn't really care about the situation. But he still wants to intervene. It's just it's a weird. This whole episode felt so weird for Homer. Yeah, it just felt like out of character for him, or just like I don't know. He's like on drugs or something. He's just Mm. kind of lethargic and there, right? Like he's just there because he's contractually obligated to show up. But he didn't seem like engaged in anything no no i love his not really not really yeah not really a very uncharacteristic homer delivery too but uh, (laughs) but this uh this arranged marriage scene is sort of like uh a reflection of what we saw in much of poo about nothing i think they make the joke uh better by making a poo the same age as manjula that i was definitely going to note that that the the joke on manjula's first appearance is that uh he is at least 10 years older than her she is much she is clearly a child and he is going off to college and it's kind of a child bride joke that uh, I really don't like. I mean, I, I assume the joke was that he was not going to marry her as like an eight-year-old or whatever, but that she did not have any agency. And as a I, child, she was meeting her future husband. So there's there's layers here, right? Okay, so let's first figure off, it out. In India for a long time, and even now to a certain extent, there's a lot of these things. Like this scene definitely read real to me, right? Like this has definitely happened. My grandparents were like this. Mm. Like my grandmother was something like 30 years younger than my grandfather was or something absurd like that, given that she's still alive and he died like a million years ago. And it's just like you see this a lot where there's like these kind of contracts and these families like being sworn to each other at very young age. Like Mahatma Gandhi, him and his wife got arranged to be married 
at the age of like eight or something. He was eight and she was like six or something. Maybe mm. he was 10 and she was eight. What they do, they do the contract and then they went home. They literally just went back to their parents' house, went through schooling and stuff. And then there's like, when you're old enough to actually get married, then we will get you married. It's just a done deal for now. And then we can move on to other things. So like in the Manjula case, for instance, like when Apu's going off to college and she's still a child or, you know, some amount of years younger than them, that's not unrealistic. I mean, it is a child bride joke and it's kind of weird and skeezy in America, but it is definitely like to certain extent for certain parts of the culture, culturally kind of how it was in the seventies and before. Hmm, okay. I see. Okay. But I'm glad, I mean, it makes it better them. It makes it better since they're going to meet at the end of this episode right, that they're exactly. the same age now in this, in this telling of it. I agree. I think this one, I actually, I like the fact that there was parody between them because that definitely makes it less super you know, pedophilic creepy. <laughs> yeah. And I, they do hide her face when you first see her. You just see the top of her head. <laughs> well, that's another joke too, right? Like that's the other uh, Indians like, oh, you don't get to see your wife until the day you're married, which is the way it was in the olden days. Mm. Because, um, so let me tell you a story that I like to tell at um, when I'm talking to new couples or when I'm doing my wedding ceremonies, for instance. One of the things is, is in the beginning of a Hindu wedding ceremony, the bride's family brings a groom up to the stage and they do a little bit of a small ceremony to welcome him because they're welcoming him as if he has come from a long distance far, far away. So like they offer him water, they wash the dust off his feet, they do a little bit of a prayer thing. And the idea is that in the ancient days when you were getting married, the groom was coming from somewhere else, like his village or his house or something, walking up to the wedding. And it may well have been like, you know, their uncles might have gotten together because they were family friends or college roommates or whatever it was and set up this wedding. And so the kid doesn't know who he's getting married to. Mm. And then when he's sitting on stage, he's got a veil in front of him, a shawl or a cloth or something blocking his sight. And he doesn't see his bride until literally they pull the thing down. And on the other side, he's like, surprise, this is who you're marrying. I mean, the joke is that like, Look, we know you guys came here in the same car, but pretend you've never seen each I other. See. Ah, okay. I think for the viewer also, they want to hide what she looks like because it's well, a big yeah, reveal. Well, I mean, that's the other joke, right? Like, yeah. aha, he's going to get married to some cow. Hey. It's India. It's literally going to be a cow. Moo. Nah, they, they didn't do that joke. I, yeah. I, but they thought about it. Yeah. There, I'm sure a, they did. There is a cow joke in this. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't miss that target. <laughs> The Simpsons will be right back. Hope everybody is learning as much as we did this week on Talking Simpsons Podcast. And we want to thank so much for all for our informative guest, uh, Shivam, all the things he taught us this week. It was very helpful and uh, and also fun. So thank you so much for doing the show. And if you guys want to follow him and check out his podcast, look for him on Twitter as Electroal, A-E-L-E-K-T-R-O-T-A-L. And definitely check out his podcast as well, especially if you like Magic the Gathering. Thank you once more, Shivam, so much. And we can't wait to have you back on another podcast. And if you like this podcast, but would like to hear it with no ads in a week earlier, you can sign up to the Talking Simpsons Network at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Subscribers there not only support me and Bob doing this as our full-time job, but also for $5 a month, they get to hear every episode a week ahead of time and ad-free. You can be hearing Lisa the Skeptic right now. And the same goes for our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, where me and Bob go through a different animated series episode each week in the same Talking Simpsons style, Where and me and Bob love celebrating animation for all you wonderful listeners. And not just that, but you'll also get to hear all of our 
amazing exclusives, like 20 different interviews with folks who have worked on The Simpsons for decades. We have so many cool interviews on there, including a couple brand new ones that you're definitely going to want to check out. And you'd also be able to hear all of our exclusive mini-series, where me and Bob went through the entire series of The Critic, the first season of Futurama, and very soon the first season of King of the Hill, all in the same style as The Simpsons. You're going to want to hear all of that just for being a $5 a month subscriber. And if you'd like to go to the premium level for $10 a month, you can get access not only to a bunch of exclusive videos we did in the last year, but also our new monthly What a Cartoon Movie podcast, where me and Bob go through a different animated film in the same way. Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Kiki's Delivery Service, Akira and a Goofy Movie, all exclusive podcasts, lengthy discussions, fun and informative. You can only hear it if you're a $10 a month subscriber at patreon.com slash talking simpsons so be sure to check that out today you know it's almost as delicious as sticky buns or a yodel a talking simpsons t-shirt we have original t-shirts that you can get for yourself or loved one two wonderful designs both done by friend of the show and amazing artist nina matsumoto you can find them at tiny.cc slash talking shirt or just visit the website shirt sickle it's like popsicle but with shirt in the place of pop on there we have two different shirts one inspired by the ion springfield design in uh, beautiful sky blue and one, a dark tribute to our death jingle. Both look amazing. Both, starting at $19.99, comes in multiple different sizes. Ships somewhat internationally, and uh, I, they're really, really cool. I really enjoy both of them. They are some great quality t-shirts at Shirt Sickle. So please, check it out at tiny.cc slash talking shirt. This was the first time I wanted to know about Apu's father because he yeah. only appears in flashbacks. Yeah, they man. never talk about him. I double-checked this on the wiki. He's never made an appearance since either. He was on the Cat Fancy magazine, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> so like, make he, us proud, son. Yeah, that was his only even dialogue. Like, yeah. and, you know, make <laughs> us proud, son. Only thing he's ever said in it and uh, the mom said never forget who you are yeah and he's just mr nahasapima pedalon that's his name mm -hmm. just like apu's mother is apu's mother she doesn't right. have a name yeah well based on this flashback too so i have to think if they're doing a dowry of like a textile factory these are are very well off families here too in this. well did you see the pavilion that they're sitting in like you don't have a pavilion like that if you're poor yeah <laughs> the thing that made me laugh though was the mafia style way the lotus just kind of flopped onto the table like a horse head is just like yeah they're coming for you you evaded it long enough but here we are <laughs> it's very sinister uh, for being a flower <laughs> i loved it, it that was just like super creepy. It's, um, that's not common practice. I'm guessing. No, uh, first off, a lotus flower would not last that long. Yeah, that's but true. also no, nobody is marrying you lotus blossoms and being like, <laughs> "Your time has come, my son." <laughs> I do like a little bit Homer's friendship with Apu. Just that it it's not completely uncharacteristic because in the Scully years, like we've seen it in multiple episodes we've done now, where Homer just hangs out at Apu's and buys junk food, and then has a scene. He'll go there to buy a 
hot dog and he'll think of robbing the Quickie Mart. He'll go there looking for Skittlebrow and then reconnect <laughs> with Bart. Or he'll go to Apu's and then leave and find like the uh, the automatic dialing machine. So he they, they do like scenes where Homer hangs out with Apu at least of like time to have a conversation while I buy garbage. And he, or That's beer. true. I guess he is buying things at the yeah. same time. And Homer likes Homer likes junk food, so he's always that. That also feels like more of a callback to like season one or two. Homer just having conversations with before he befriended Apu <laughs> and moved in, and like Apu lived with them for a time. He was just the guy at the Quickie Mart he'd talked to briefly before buying something. Apu is has a problem because he's enjoying being this bachelor. He's not even he doesn't even seem that against the idea of just an arranged marriage. Just that he doesn't want to be married right now. Now, so yep. much. Him and Homer uh, figure out a plan. Yeah. Oh, I cannot get married. I'm just beginning to enjoy my bachelorhood. Uh, what am I going to do? Tell her the truth. You're not ready to get married. No, 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 no. You do not know mother. She will never quit until I am married. Then just tell her you're already married. No, no I cannot lie to my mother. Then get married. What the hell do you want <laughs> from me? <laughs> yes, that is right, mother. I already got married. Why did not I bother to tell you? Well, uh, the reason is... Um, uh, well, I guess I I didn't think you'd understand. Oh, got to go. Bye, bye, bye. Love you, love you. It worked. It worked. The lie has set me free. Homer offering oh, very realistic uh, solutions to that problem. <laughs> yes. I like. I I did feel his frustration when you're trying to help someone and they just they reject every piece of advice. You're yeah. like, what? Well, what do you want? Just yeah. do whatever you want. I don't care. Well, okay. So first off, this scene to me is like the most real scene I've ever seen in a Simpsons episode, as relates directly to me. Ah. Because of course I'm you know the egocentric one. I'm talking. So <laughs> first, I got I got to tell you that like that like thirty seconds just encapsulated my entire life <laughs> because the idea here is that first off Apu is living in America, right? He's at this point, he's been there long enough to consider himself somewhat culturally American, right? He's enjoying a bachelor life. He's living the life. He's free from his family, which in Indian culture, your family has like, I mean, the idea of family and stuff to us is very different mm. than the idea that you get in the West because of the fact that like when I m got married and moved out, my mom was like crying for three days Aww. because she couldn't believe that I would want to leave the house. And because the way it works is you get married and then your parents move in with you and then uh. your grandparents move in with you. And the, there's like a whole notion of united kind of family. You never ever argue with your mom like that or, well, I mean, you're going to argue, but you never disagree or like, disobey them in that kind of way and marriage is like the most important sacrament in like a hindu life and if you're sitting there and you like your mom's like okay dude we we set this up you're gonna get married and you're like yo i already got married i didn't tell you and uh bye that <laughs> might as well be like lighting your parents on fire yeah. right like that is maybe the most offensive possible thing you could do because a it's your most important ceremony in your life if you ran away and got married and didn't tell your parents like when i was getting married to my wife who is white and i was like i was sitting and i was trying to figure out how I could tell them that i proposed to her that nearly gave me like an anxiety attack <laughs> just wow. because the idea of how am I going to tell them? I didn't ask them first. I didn't, you know, bring this up that we were going to do this. Oh my God, what am I going to do? And a bunch of my friends were doing exactly what Homer was doing, which is like, yo, just, just tell them you already got married or like, you know, tell them to fuck off, whatever. Because like, 
in the like the American attitude is like, look, we're independent. We have left the family. We're like over 18. I live on my own. I can do what I want. But that's not how it flies in India. You don't like I could be 48 years old, not 18. Mm -hmm. And my parents are still going to be telling me what to do just because that's a cultural <laughs> appropriate thing to do. So when Homer is coming up with like, well, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, I want you to shut up, man, because you're going to get me killed. That is very American advice. You're right. <laughs> like, tell them that. Come on. I can't tell you how many people are like, your mom wants to do what at your wedding? Just, you know, cut them off and tell them never to come back. And I'm like, are you high? <laughs> like, no, that's that's not how this is going to work. Like, like, I will have to find a solution that involves not cutting off my family forever. I, I got married and didn't even tell my dad about it and I, I don't even feel slightly bad about that but uh, so it's a very a very different uh, different situation for both of us there. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah man it took like two years of working them to get wow. to get used to the idea I love Homer's sticky buns thing too that's yeah. another great that's such a great mystery like more, more weird low energy he's not even invested anymore in what's happening <laughs> no you totally he's like whatever man Just, <laughs> Tell her that you're a pigeon now. Bye. <laughs> but uh, yeah, more of Apu's love of classic rock. I assume that's playing in the scene. Yeah, it's not just yeah. like music like that we're hearing as the viewers. Well, because Homer's <laughs> jumping up and yeah. down, or he's rock. He's actually it's very low energy again from Homer. He's just going up on his tiptoes every now. Yeah, and then. yeah. And there's a great joke that took me a long time to get of the hair montage where. <laughs> Instead of uh, shaking his head no at every hairstyle but the he last one, yes, he gives a thumbs up to time. everyone. I love that how long it goes on. <laughs> They're going to have three more hairstyles, I think. It's the same exact camera move every time. Yeah. So zoom in, zoom out. Homer, thumbs up. Zoom in, zoom out. And uh, his haircuts included the, the, the George Clooney Caesar. You've got Coolio's hair. And, of course, the Rachel. Mm -hmm. And the Rachel as well. <laughs> to really put this in. I, I also couldn't believe that it took until season nine for them to do Harry Shearer. Oh, you're as, right. Yeah, as a sign gag for I forgot a about that. shop. It's it's very funny. I but like now it's that. time for to talk about my culture, everybody. Oh, okay. A yodel uh, is is basically a ho ho for the East Coast. Yeah. I could not figure it out. That is not a ding dong. It's a ho ho. It's the rolled <laughs> chocolate cake with uh, cream in it. Yeah, and then chocolate uh, syrup on top or chocolate coating on top. It's of all it. uh, coated in chocolate. But I've not I've not had a ho ho in a long time. See, in my area, we didn't have Drakes. In the South, it was Hostess County. Yeah, for Hostess me. for me too. Yeah, and Dolly Madison was dead. <laughs> Hostess cakes. Those were the ones also advertised by Marvel superheroes in seventies and eighties. So when I would read old comic books, I they did more fruit pies, but they'd also do ho hos as oh, well. Man. Uh, those fruit Ironically, pies. I used to eat ho hos at my uncle's Quickie Mart that he literally owned in Philadelphia. Wow. It was, well, it was like a corner store more than a Quickie Mart, so I guess a bodega more. But it was definitely a place where I would go and sneak and steal his inventory of candies and Hostess products. Oh, to nice. Eat. I have to say, Hostess apple pies. I think I ate them for lunch in high school for maybe two solid years. Wow! And I'm, I'm my mouth is watering thinking of it now, and I know it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, because that's like diabetes in a box. Yeah, I survived the pie epidemic. <laughs> Come on, it's fruit. It's fruit. Uh, it can't be unhealthy. You call that fruit <laughs> in, in quotations. How many calories is in that? I'm a little bit there, there's two. There's probably about four flecks of dried. Dried apple among sugar syrup of apple, apple flavored sugar syrup. It was it's fruit the way it's milk, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was a hostess apple pie and a can of Coke. Wow. For lunch. Oh, God. God. 150 gets through the day. Um, so My teeth are fine, by the way. <laughs> uh, well, I did find an old Yodels commercial. I, again, I'd, I'd never heard of these Yodels or other things. I, for some reason, in my uh, summer viewing, I'd watch the Rosie O'Donnell talk show a lot. 
And she was super into Drake's cakes and other of those. So she'd throw those into the audience. And I would be like, a yodel, a Drake's cake. What the hell are these things? <laughs> yes, it's a classic 60s commercial for yodels, uh, which I'm just cutting to the end here. Uh, the commercial itself is two kids saying like i know how to yodel and then they eat a yodel and then they're like ah eh, see that's that's how a yodeling is and then i'm get the drake's mascot which i'm guessing is a duck of some kind uh tells us all about how cool yodels are and go to the store and sound off for drake's chocolatey yodels have fun yodeling that's a terrible yodel for that. He does not get a yodel. <laughs> I looked it up. The hostess apple pie calorie count is 470. That seems wrong to me. Whoa. I think that was 20 years ago. It had to be double that before they were rated by the FDA. There's no way that was 470 calories. Yes, exactly. That was like 1,200 calories I was eating for lunch. There could be two servings in that thing. <laughs> I think it was the whole pie, but you might be right. right. It is probably like one serving of a, of a pie you get in a little bag. <laughs> uh, the foreigner hot-blooded segment, I just love... I love, I do love Apu's like dance. Like he moves his hands yeah, up and down. He's river dancing he, too. He shakes. Yeah, that was weird. River dancing at the disco. That was an odd, odd visual. They they joke on the commentary. They're like, whoa, he's he's got some even more bodacious babes than uh, than Luann and Miss Hoover there in his <laughs> car at the end. He's he's having a good. He's having some fun. I I you know I bet they didn't get any free yodels for that yodel joke. I the Bill Oakley always complained they'd make all these specific food references and the food companies would never send them anything. Well, we learned from talking to the writers so much that they were just surrounded by junk food, so I don't think they need it anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. All you do is just put on weight. You're just surrounded by it. But yeah, but the yodel thing comes from Homer wanting to... I just love his childish way of saying, I've got this much when he's trying to buy the yodel and the winning ticket. Just dumping all the coins on the counter. <laughs> and he's he's smart enough to know that how to find the winning ticket, but too stupid to know that he could buy yodels with $500. Could buy many yodels. <laughs> <laughs> Explain how. Uh, but Biapu yeah, is just too sleepy, and um, but he has quite a rude awakening. Oh, she's going to be here any second. <clears throat> oh, yes, that will buy me some time. <laughs> No, Homer, you've got to help me. Okay. Seems to me <laughs> what oh, you ought to do is um What 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 Well, you can always move into my house and tell your mom that Marge is your wife. Is it me or do your plans always involve some horrible web of lies? It's you. <laughs> Welcome to the cookie mart. May I help? <gasps> Mother, what are you doing here? I have come to meet this wife of yours. And meet her you shall. Mm. It is a very reasonable request that can easily be granted in a timely and efficient... Let's go. And go we shall, because it is in the going that we... At, 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 at. Again, weird energy from Homer. Just that, like, tell them that Marge is your wife. You, Just, uh, like, yeah. Uh, He's sleeping for that yodel. Right. <laughs> the yodel's more important. He's not even into this plan that gets a poo into his house again for the second time <laughs> in the series. 
it just felt so like I just don't understand the writing of Homer this episode. He just like it seems to me like what the hell are you doing, man? Like he just didn't feel Homer esque at all, right? Like, <laughs> maybe maybe you already say like Homer is Homer doesn't want to be involved in a plot line with Apu, and so he's, yeah, the, maybe it's almost like a meta commentary that the the actor of Homer in this episode is like eh, I don't care. You're getting <laughs> you're getting half energy from me in this one. I I really do love. How painful it looks when Apu's mother falls yeah. over there. Like it's so it's so horrible. Not concerned like, about her well-being at yeah, all. He's just like, yes. Not even slightly. Like, yeah. Uh just the idea of seeing if I saw my mother take that kind of fall, I would not go like, yes, that bought me some time. Okay, let's talk. Yeah, like first off, if your mom is that old and then like she just crumbles on the street and obviously something must have snapped. And I'm just like, oh God, uh. She's pretty tough, though. Yeah. Uh, but she also has a cane, too, but only for that moment. Uh, yes, that there is Andrea Martin, who, you know what? I She seems in very good health, but I still, just for safety's sake, I'm going to play the anti-death jingle here. I ain't dead yet. She's still hanging in there in her 70s? Uh, yes, yeah. And she's, SCTV's Andrea Martin. Yeah, she's, she's in great shape. She still acts and appears and stuff like she's... Uh, I, I mean, maybe to some, she's most famous for being like my big fat Greek wedding. She's also had an amazing turn in difficult people live the best Hulu original I know that's not the biggest part across, <laughs> uh, at least best Hulu original comedy. I, it's my favorite Hulu show. And she also even has like small roles in films. I really love like Hedwig and the angry inch. Like she, she makes a lot of interesting choices. She has jokes, uh, when she worked on difficult people they'd write all these jokes for her with these references to things she's never heard of and she's like i i'm just gonna trust that this is funny i'll i'll do it and she she did a great job is she the mom yeah she okay, is a julie so. klausner's yeah. mother on it who is a an incredibly like domineering aggressive like mean woman who's who's a psychiatrist so she is constantly playing head games with julie all the time she is she is very good as a as a mean mother uh, in the, though of a very different type than uh, Apu's mother, which is all she goes by in this episode. Yeah, it's unfortunate that she is not named because, as we talked about in past shows, sometimes they forget to name female characters. Yeah, <laughs> which seems like a, a an odd oversight, especially with a character this important in the in the show. Like Manjula <laughs> has like two minutes of screen time, and Apu's mom is in like, like every act. Episode. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I but it's not something that's exclusive to. Uh, people of color, women of color, yeah. characters they make up. They did it. I mean, a critic. There's like two different women who have no name in the show. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think they, uh, Manjula only has a name because she was named previously yes, in season yeah. seven. In in much poo bad nothing. But she'll go on to become a major character. I believe uh, Apu's mom comes back a few times, but not as much as Manjula does. Yes, yeah. yeah. Manjula is almost a re- at least drawn into the background, kind of regular. Yeah, she feels like a second tier type of character that shows up enough. Mm-hmm. Right. Henry Martin is uh, apparently they they talked about how that she did a uh, a lot of work for the role, or they say that she was when when they were recording with her. Mike Scully said that she he went to New York to record with her, and that she was listening to while they were recording. She was listening to tapes of 
Azaria doing a poo so she could have an accent to match his. So. Authentically fake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But fake in the specific way that Hank Azaria's accent is fake. So, I mean, uh, at least she's... It sounded awful. It's yeah. the, the, right. the Peter yeah, Sellers yeah. accents. Yeah. It's just like, it doesn't sound, it doesn't even sound fake Indian. It sounds no. fake generically ethnic. I you know? hearing it isolated. She sounds like Transylvanian or something. Like she's a vampire <laughs> right. or lady. Like she, she sounds like she's trying to pretend to be Andrea Martin from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Ah, okay. This uh, this pre this predates that movie by just a couple years. Right. So maybe yeah, this... by like five years or something. Oh, yeah. But it still it feels like if she was listening to herself do that movie and then tried to do a pastiche of that, that's kind of what this comes out to be. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it is a. A general foreign accent. It's it's a it's a jack of all trades. This accent. It can, yeah, the clothes play in any country. Go a long way to making this uh, work. <laughs> Greek, Indian, whatever, whatever you need for <laughs> uh, olive skin. It, it'll work it itself out. <laughs> uh, this was also in this episode. It really made me notice. It's always been there, but that nuke arcade machine is just so. It's just so like bright and colored because yeah. it's always looked the same since season one. It really stands out. It's kind of distracting. I mean, <laughs> what's distracting is the giant yodel display, like uh, scenes before Homer points it out. He wants a yodel. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that too. Uh, and, and then when Homer gets home, all he can think about is that yodel. Like, he's not even helping with the scheme. And he's wearing oddly different socks for some reason. <laughs> yes. I don't know yeah. why. As Homer reflects on the yodel, uh, he has to make a very extreme uh, <laughs> request of Marge in this next clip. Oh, that yodel was so good. I wish I was eating it right now. Oh, crap! I forgot! Marge, I need a small favor. For the next few days, will you pretend to be Apu's wife? What? <laughs> Please! <laughs> it's just for as long as his mother's living here. What? <laughs> Honey, I am in my home. your day sweetheart can you feel the love we are oh, overthinking God. the homer stuff i think but that's our job by the mm-hmm. way that's what we do i do like the idea now i'm 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 taking it apart in my head it's funny that the the wackiest character on this wacky sitcom is instigating the wackiest plot he doesn't care about it he doesn't <laughs> want to stick around for the wackiness to happen i do like that part of it it does it is weird how oddly invested and then disinvested homer is in all of this but i do like it captain wacky is not even on board for the wackiness <laughs> yeah it's just kind of like he sets the fuse and he's like ah, i don't care about the fireworks bye this is less wacky than i thought it would be <laughs> it's like this uh, is not fun i'm gonna get a yodel i i do like marge's handshake with apu too that's her greeting her husband and apu's like uh well, come on come on hand motions and yeah, the smiling i like that too <laughs> that trepidation though man i felt that aura of his mom walking in that door and i'm just like <sighs> Oh, God, I know this feeling. <laughs> I also like Homer just shoving them together to make it look worse. Like he doesn't, he's just being, he, he knows he needs to say a funny thing to end the scene. Everyone catches on very quickly, though, to this plan. <laughs> I love how Marge, too, goes like, what? What? <laughs> it's just so much to dump on Marge immediately. Uh, we come back from the break, and Apu is introducing his mom to the rest the rest of his family. I have come to see the woman for whom Apu was willing to disgrace his family and spit on his culture. <gasps> Here I am. 
Okay, gotta run. Apu, I'm sure you want to get upstairs and fix that broken toilet before Marge yells at you again. I'm just so honored to have you here in our home. Thank you. And having met you, let me say how deeply, deeply disappointed I am. <laughs> Apu, your arranged bride, Manjula, is a sweet, refined, chaste woman. Are you nuts? <sighs> Mother, come on. You know that one out of every 25 arranged marriages ends in divorce. Oh, Bart and Lisa, you remember your father, Apu? <laughs> this is your father, Apu's mother. Oh! oh. <laughs> Hi! Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. So, yes, she's definitely Transylvanian. You are 100% yeah, correct. Yeah, she's a vampire lady. The right to be afraid of her. <laughs> I would bet at some point she played a vampire in, uh, like, in a uh, Count, Count Floyd, Floyd sketch. Scene. Yeah. I bet you. I bet you. Some sort of vampire parody. I like oh, how but, I like how savage she is. I do like how me like she just deeply, is just deeply. Oh, that is that was a realist stuff though. That is how deeply disappointed I am. First off, let me just frame this from Apu's mother's perspective for just a second. You call your son because his time to get married has come. He is in America and he says, By the way, mom, I'm already married by. Okay, first <laughs> off, what the hell? Right? Like, yeah. are you kidding me? So she gets on the next plane to fly out there and figure out what the hell is going on. She lands and sees that her son is married to some random white chick <laughs> who already has two kids. He has two kids. Three kids. Three. Maggie stumbles yeah, out. Yeah. Where, where, where was Maggie? Three kids. Three. Are you kidding me? Like, it, I'm surprised that she didn't literally just kill him on the spot. <laughs> she has the right to be furious. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, let's be real for a second. It doesn't matter your culture. If your son goes off, gets married, has three kids, that means he hasn't talked to you about literally his life for 20-something years. Yeah, yeah it's uh, – well, and I, I wonder if she has to take it that Bart and Lisa come from a previous marriage, uh, perhaps, so the, they're not his biological children, maybe? Yeah, probably. She does not I investigate mean, that, but clearly – Which, that's a whole other yeah. thing to, for her to take on. It's just like, oh, so you're raising someone else's kids? You married a widow? You married a divorcee? What are you talking – like – what kind of insanity is this? <laughs> I I do like that Bart and Lisa just dive right into the improv. I do like that. Like, oh, you yes. remember your father? <laughs> your father? <laughs> uh, I. It's a funny statistical joke about how few uh, arranged marriages end in divorce versus the you know half. Fifty percent of all wet, uh, marriages end in is divorce. It half now? It's in the it's in the forties apparently. Okay. Now. I mean, well, it was half then, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I I think. Uh, well, so I did look. I wanted to look up the veracity of this joke. At least now, the the closest I could find is an NBC News story from 2012 that said it was, and this is for across cultures arranged marriages. So this is not just Indian. It's you know China, Japan, m many other cultures. They said that in arranged marriages. It was only four percent oh. in divorce. I mean, I think those stats talk uh, more about the um, the culture's perception of divorce more than the health of a marriage mm. in general. It's like, does this culture more accepting of divorce, and there will be more divorces? So India actually has one of the lowest divorce rates, period, in the world. Like, it's something like less than one percent. Uh, wow. I read a stat somewhere that's something like thirteen out of every one thousand marriages ends in divorce in India. Whoa! Yeah, I know it's so high, right? Like. <laughs> Uh, but the problem is, is that a lot of that is because there's so much cultural pressure on like daughter-in-laws on 
families that uh, have like marriages and stuff. There's a lot of spousal, I mean, I'm not going to say a lot of spousal abuse or domestic abuse or just like, you know, kind of psychological trauma and stuff, but there are definitely couples that would have in other cultures yeah. gotten divorced, but didn't for a myriad of reasons. Mm. So like officially the rate is really low. And even like in the past week, uh, India banned the uh, Islamic way of divorce, the triple talak, which is where you can just say, I divorce you three times and uh, you're done for Muslim people. Hmm. And, but even then it just divorce is such a huge cultural stigma that the idea, like one of my aunts got divorced and she got cut off by the family for like years. Wow. wow. And like when she got remarried, it was like people talked about it and still talk about it. And it's been like 30 years. Man, I, I guess like growing up in the freewheeling American 80s and 90s, it felt like, well, my parents were divorced. All my friends' parents were divorced. Everyone was divorced. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, dude. When my parents got divorced in the mid, in like the early 2000s or something, even now in 2019, we still get like, we're still dealing with residual trauma of like the cultural fallout from that. Mm, it's wow. insane. Uh, so Homer runs off. He leaves also the toilet to be fixed by Apu, which is a nice little like extra. That dingy. should be the B plot, Apu fixing the toilet. <laughs> uh, but but instead, after Homer tries to stay with Mo and Mo's leaving fours, they point out in the commentary a weekend trip to Easter Island because he's back very quick. <laughs> he really is back quickly. <laughs> uh, with, with the what now? <laughs> and, and so then Homer goes off to visit Abe and uh, this was another like Richard Pell jokes on the commentary that the Simpsons is a show that just eats plots and devours them so quickly. The thought when he pitched the idea before this episode, Homer moves into the retirement castle. He thinks that could be an entire episode. And here he is watching. He's like, this is over in three minutes. It's, it didn't last that long. I think it's all. literally three scenes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think this one, this uh, has my line of the, uh, the show in it. Though. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so this is Homer, Homer moving in with Abe. Hey dad, I've come to spend some time with my favorite father. Baloney! You came here to put me in a home! You're already in a home. Oh, how could you? Abraham Simpson. <laughs> or Neelius Talmadge. Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, well, let's see what you got here. <laughs> the pink ones keep you from screaming. That's it. <laughs> All right, folks, it's supper time. Supper at four o'clock? <laughs> what a sweet deal. Hey. They got chairs with wheels. And here I am using my legs like a sucker. I love the pink ones keep you from screaming. <laughs> All right. It underlines the bleakness of their life. It's like, these will stop you from screaming. <laughs> All right. Let's make that official with the G. Yay, let's do it. Thank you. That's the joke. It's like a word to the wise or something he's telling Homer. It's like, take these. <laughs> and then Homer will take any random pills handed to him, too. And again, like, just like... That really could have been a full episode by itself, man. There, it would have been hilarious. I think so. And there's, a, again, a weird energy. Like, everyone at this this rest home accepts Homer, that Homer is an old man. Yes, he needs yeah. to be turned over. <laughs> they treat him as just an old, old man. It's uh, It re- kind of reminds me of how when Homer went into the soup kitchen, just looking at him, they're just like, oh, you're a homeless person, so 
here, please. Here's some free soup and clothes. Cornelius Talmadge is su- that's a Bill and Josh really name. Is. I so I forgot it came from a Scully era. I wonder if Bill and Josh pitched that one. They've basically said they're credited as like consulting producers or whatever. They just say like, yeah, we sat in the room to make sure everything was fine. They didn't they didn't really have much creative. I bet they pitched that name though. It sounds like from their era. It really does. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it feels like a Langdon Auger type name. And also, yeah, like a sucker. I just love Homer's like like a sucker. Uh, just it's a great it's a great little catchphrase for him in this taking episode. his uh, his ableness for granted at all at all, every turn. <laughs> uh, we cut back to the home life. I like that Apu is clearly sleeping in Bart's sleeping bag. Like it's not just a nondescript sleeping bag; it's a crusty one, which I think is a little extra flavor on the gag there. And that he's he's just saying to Marge, like you're being a real sport about this. Like yeah, okay. He should be in Maggie's room or something. Being in the same bedroom with Bart is he's weird. He's got to go into the bed. If he oh, doesn't yeah, right, go yeah. into the bedroom with her, then it really looks fake. To the mom the, is there. The mom, yeah, staying there. Yeah. See, it's not that he wants to sleep in the same room as Marge. He's not getting much out of this either. I mean. He's sleeping in the fl- on the floor in a children's sleeping bag uh but yes then we get to the uh the dot sequence uh which uh well shivam do you want i i have the full clip do you would you want to say something beforehand or you want no to- no let's let's do the clip and then i'll talk about it okay can i ask you about your dot what would you like to know what's the deal with that dot yeah can you see out of it does it change colors when you're ticked off you tell me Nothing yet. Surely you children are aware of your Brahman heritage. As long as you have absolutely no follow-up questions, yes. Yes, we are. Fully. We have to go now. That, really... by the way, was my personal line of the show. Yes, as yeah. As long as you have no follow-up questions. As long as you have no follow-up questions. <laughs> I love that. I That is a very useful phrase in life. Like, <laughs> as long as you have absolutely no follow-up questions, <laughs> yes. I um, but that sentence, man, that like that two sentences or whatever right there is so loaded and just so painful. <laughs> it's like, what about that dot? Really? Like that is every second grader who ever like looked at my mom when I was a kid. You know, like that is like mm. just one of those super hurtful kind of like uh, stereotype things that we just got hit with a lot. Because like well, for one thing, when I was a kid. And I, people would be like, oh, so uh, what ethnicity or like, what are you, what are you is what they say. Not mm. what ethnicity. Mm. What are you? Oh, you know, I'm Indian. Dots or feathers? Ah, uh, right, right. And I'm like, uh-huh. dots or feathers? What? And then, of course, you know, in the 90s after like, you know, 9-11 or maybe in the 2000 or whatever, it's like, hey, look, the dot, it's a target. Holy Ooh. shit. I've not heard that one before. Damn. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. It's just like, look, you even give us a f- nice place to aim. I'm like, are you fucking kidding Ooh, uh, me? That's, that's gross. <laughs> and oh. so when I'm sitting there, like, just cr- like I seriously cringe this entire way. It's like, what's the deal with that dot? I, I don't know. It just it felt almost callous the way that they mm, delivered yeah. those lines. Would you say it's too real because little kids, little white kids, would be? Oh yeah, that. dude. It's yeah. it's like just and even not even little white kids, like kids who should know better. Yeah, that too. Which I do feel like Lisa should know what a bindi is. Yeah, like, yeah, she would have some. Co- context or something and then like does it change color can you like see through it that's obviously making fun of the fact that it's like oh you know when you put a bindi on or when you put like a channel or whatever that dot up there it represents like you know you're illuminating your third eye in kind of like the yogic tantric sense or whatever it's like yeah can you see through it does it change color the way like you know the weirdo hindu pictures that have people with the third eyes open 
And I'm like, come on, really? Mm. You're just going deep for the insult. <laughs> and then she like when when like mom just stares at them. It's like that made me laugh because she's like, yeah, uh huh. You gonna give me more crap about this? Okay. <laughs> I, I did like yeah. her glare at them, and but Bart's not getting it. He's just like yeah. nothing yet. Yeah, she has more than just absorb the uh, the insults. But the one that got me though is like, what she's like, what did your dad not tell you anything about your Brahmanical like your Brahmin heritage? And I'm like, holy shit, Apu's a Brahmin. When was that? I didn't know that. Like suddenly. That makes this even more of a big fall, right? Like, okay, so in the Hindu caste system in the olden days, which has been totally mangled when translated to America, there's like four classes and then a whole bunch of subclasses and things like that. But these four broader classes, the Brahmins uh, are the priest class at the top. Hmm. Then there's the Kshatriyas who are the warriors and the kind of the merchants and laborers and then the like servants and the uh, untouchables and things like that. So... When I was like, of course he's a Brahmin. He came to America. He had a degree. Because in the 70s, if you're educated and wealthy, obviously you must be from an upper-class family. And if you're able to immigrate at all, it's because of, you know, caste tradition or like weird cultural bias that would let upper-class people immigrate out. But lower-class people have to stay. You Mm. didn't really see an influx of like non-Brahmin people in America until like the 90s and later because of just the Mm. way immigration worked. Mm. And so... He's like a high class educated dude from a family of like upper caste people who good or bad are people who've had a significant amount of privilege and like, you know, kind of are like the uh, cishet white guys of India. Uh And um, then he's here. He's running a store that like is just whatever store. He can't use any of his education. And then he married some random mom with three kids that came with her. Apu's mom is probably having a heart attack every 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I assume that they have money if she could just fly to America at the drop of a hat. Yeah, quite easily. Yeah. Yeah. They must be filthy rich. <laughs> well, he came to America at all. I, I, It's hard to read what his relationship with them is because when she called him, it doesn't seem like he like dodges her calls too much or he's like, oh, I haven't talked to her since I moved here. He's not alarmed by a letter. Was, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I was kind of like, well, look, in the 80s and 90s, calling from India was like an adventure unto itself because <laughs> the phone lines in India were like two rubber bands tied to an orange that you would pray to to get any kind of feedback at all. And you'd be like... When we would be yelling at each other, we would say we're calling India because that's how loud you have to be to actually call home, right? Like you'd have to go to a public phone booth to call and it would cost a billion dollars per minute. So calling is like a big deal. Writing a letter is kind of how they communicated up until like the early days of the internet. And what got me though is just this idea that she is here. She speaks fluent English. She is super rich Mm. and she is watching her son having thrown all this away for what exactly? <laughs> that does give a lot more, you know, context to how the the mother is feeling in this. I think she's she's played more like the kind of in law badlax, uh, more of a cartoonish yeah. figure. But I I like I like having more reason for why she's so upset like she she has all she has many reasons to be upset (laughs) i guess the context is there if you know where to find it Mm -hmm. but i mean it's also just like your mother-in-law is disappointed in you is kind of a universal yeah (laughs) universal feeling yeah but i mean did you ever see the movie coming to america starring eddie murphy and uh Mm -hmm. so in that scene when eddie murphy is working at mcdowell's and living in a rat hotel in the middle of new york and his parents come and they're like what the hell 
you left a palace where people are like massaging you every three seconds mm-hmm. to come here. That's kind of exactly the same vibe I got from uh, Mama Apu over there. Ah, the the Brahmin thing makes it much, uh, does make it more clear. I think it's just for, I think it's mainly played for the kids that it's just, it's another word they don't understand. Oh, yeah, it totally. Is. In the middle of just like the most offensive scene. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, Lisa, Lisa's not as, uh, as informed or open-minded as she usually is they do make her more of a regular little kid yes yeah and she that's the thing that got me like it was funny because i watched this episode right after i listened to the interview that yardley smith did with mark maron and i was just like wow this is the lisa that they gave us just like completely like cold and just like deeply i feel like lisa would be more curious and more inquisitive Mm -hmm. than just like or yeah what's the deal with that dot or she'd lecture bart about yeah not saying that yeah right yeah, actually, her disconnect in this uh, it doesn't really fit with her friendship with Apu or her her uh, feelings for Apu, uh, empathy for him in Much Apu About Nothing was one of the better moments in that episode when she's walking with him to his test mm. and she's the one who figures out the grandfather clause and everything. Her being so disconnected from Apu and his problems in this episode is, is very different yeah, from I agree. that one. She feels almost more like the bully than like Lisa. Yeah, yeah, it's the lines could have all been Bart's in in this scene, the dot scene. They could have all just been Bart, but yes. uh, uh, I guess it it works better as a comedy that they both leave together, so it's both of them. But it it sells out Lisa's character a bit, a bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we go back to the retirement castle. Homer is is loving his life as Cornelius Talmadge. He's uh, he says hi to everybody in there. The weirdest one to me is I double checked this on the wiki and the closed caption. And on Frankiac, the guy he says hi to right next to Abe is called Increase. Yes. Jasper, Gladys, Beatrice, looking good, Hetty. Hazel, 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 Hazel! I don't know what her. Hester, Emil, Prudence, Lemuel, Increase, Dad. Cornelius? I can tell you what all this means, Henry. What? Okay, please. So Homer's Homer's going through all of the uh, old folks, you know, shouting them out, saying their names, and they're all really old-timey names that no child is named, or no person is (laughs) named, unless you're, you know, unless you were 90, 20 years ago. Uh, And the last two names are Lemuel and Increase. Which are names that are so biblical, they're no longer used. Oh, okay. so that is how old timey these two guys are. Their names are archaic biblical names that nobody is named. Wow, in okay. America at least. Okay, so <laughs> there you have it. I mean, it's a really just weird joke that takes a long time to get to, but <laughs> kill some time. Yeah, but yes, increase kill some time. I believe it is the direct translation for Joseph or something like that oh. from Aramaic. I don't wow. know. I don't know. It's online. Look it up. But there you have it. I've learned so much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as they go to get their kidney mush, Stephen D. Moore tells a very good story on the commentary about how the wheelchair race was so hard for them to animate because it's supposed to look super fast in some shots, but the payoff of the joke is that it's faster for Homer to run than be yeah. in a wheelchair. So then you have to change the pacing like on a dime of like, eh, now it's not fast anymore. Homer just walk, runs, walks fast, really, not even runs. It's, it's a really funny payoff, though, because Homer is mad that he doesn't have a wheelchair 
wheelchair, and then he's met that Jasper has an electric wheelchair, and then ultimately he gets out of the electric wheelchair to run to the kidney mush. So he can eat it before. Yeah. They they treat Jasper in this episode like he's always in a wheelchair. There's a scene later where with Jasper in it in the hot tub with them, and his wheelchair is next to the hot tub, mm. implying he came there in it. He like, does have one leg, remember? Yeah, but normally he's walking around pretty fine. He's even though there's a little snow on the roof. Uh, <laughs> I forget how the rest goes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the uh, kidney mush also quite quite a funny little gag. I think old people should not be drinking liquid potato chips. I think mm. that's probably pretty <laughs> yeah. good for them. Ugh, just the idea of Homer. Also, it's it's supposed to be a saline drip. Like, shouldn't that be dripping? You shouldn't. You're not supposed to suck a saline drip. Right? It's more effective. <laughs> uh, but yes, this Homer Homer's enjoying it uh, up to a point here. Who knew that Lay's made liquid potato chips? I can't suck just one. Another bag of chips, Mr. Talmadge. Please. Also, I think I'm getting a bed sore. What do you have to do to get turned around here? Hey, what's Lucky hooked up to? Uh, A respirator. It breathes for him. Here I am using my own lungs like a sucker. (laughs) And how come everyone gets a bedpan and I have to walk all the way over there? You mean there? Yeah! Hello, I'm Cornelius Talmadge. My family brought me here on Monday, but I broke free and went on a bit of a bender. (laughs) Wait a minute. If you're Cornelius Talmadge, then who's... And Homer is running away in silence. I do love uh, the brief appearance of Cornelius. This is where I learned the word bender before uh, Futurama. Ah. I do like that reading. I went on a bit of a bender. I like that he escaped. He's uh, broke free. Like that's went on a drinking spree. Apparently, I want to hear that story of Cornelius and why he, when his bender ended, why he wanted to come back to the old folks' home after his family committed him. But God, Homer, Homer is such an asshole to that nurse. It's it's so funny. Like he's just his indignant like. Yeah! <laughs> and the dead-eyed look on his face as he's rolled over. By a, f- a completely able-bodied man forcing her to roll him over when he's like <laughs> 320, well, he's 239, but no, he's not. It's so. a great reveal of the uh, of Lucky with the respirator yes, as yeah. they pull back to see the guy <laughs> breathing in the machine. Lucky, like his name is Lucky. God, uh, Yeah, that uh, they say on the commentary too, like it, it cuts short any time of explaining away sitcom plots when you just have a character run away <laughs> and end the scene. <laughs> All that was missing was the sound of a car driving away. <laughs> Homer runs out of windows quite a lot he'll be actually speaking of kidneys and running out of windows uh, we'll be seeing that in uh, about a year or so much I beloved think. episode kidney trouble yeah yeah so homer goes straight back home and just gets in bed with marge and this is another great misdirect where you you think that homer <laughs> that the story's over and that homer would only have moved back in if apu had moved out but that is not the case in this next clip. Well, I'm glad you were having fun because I've had my hands full with Apu's mother. Oh, right, right. The fake marriage thing. How's that going? Okay, Apu. I am packed and ready to go to the airport. Ah! Oh, my God. March, how could you? Oh, Apu, give it up. <sighs> mother, I am so sorry. I lied to you about being married. Lie to his mother. (laughs) But the fact that I would stage this ridiculous farce surely proves to you how much I do not want to go through with this arranged marriage. I had no idea how strongly you felt, Apu. 
Now wipe that smile off your face. We have a wedding to plan. Hmm. <laughs> you know what you could do, Apu? You shut up. You could <laughs> Thank you. Oh, would you shut up? All you need is a car bomb. And I can't can... believe you don't shut up. Apu was wrong to listen to Homer in the first place. <laughs> yes, yes. She's mad at himself. In every way. <laughs> uh, I, I love Homer's, it's like, all you need is a car bomb. I go, yeah. that's all you need. Yeah, because that's what an Indian in the 90s needed, a car bomb. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Homer did try to fake his own death before, and it worked. Yeah. He's, he's the master of he's it. He's pretty good. Honestly, I'd listen to his, uh, I'd listen to his advice on faking your own death. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, the, I I do love the sitcom turn, the fake sitcom turn of her say like the music going up and like I had no idea you felt this way. Anyway, get that smile on yeah, your face, yeah, being Mary. I don't care. That's also what's so weird about the third act. And I actually like Lisa deadpanningly saying like, "Why are we still do? What's going yeah, on?" The here? Simpsons should not be part of this. Apu <laughs> should be doing his own thing. Yeah. Go back to India, perhaps, and do it there. What kind or? of weird meta commentary is it, by the way, that like half of the episode is just like I don't understand why we're doing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's 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 the kind of thing that infects the show a bit in these years. People are very tired. <laughs> People are tired. <laughs> Characters don't know why they're why they're doing things. I do really like the delivery of. Mother Apu saying, like, I'm ready to go to the airport. Ah! Like A lot of fun surprise screams in this episode. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, Krusty and Apu's mom. And also, I, I can't believe you don't shut up. Sort of became a runner for Apu. He'll say it yeah. one other time in Eight Misbehaving. That's true. It was sort of like his uh, Have Mercy that Skinner had for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I thought. Sorry, I thought you were talking about Uncle Jesse. No, no, no. Mercy. Different Have Mercy. Better Have Mercy. <laughs> have uh, Mercy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so when we come back when we come back from break they are planning the wedding they do talk on the commentary that they tried to get accurate hindi to be spoken in in some of these lines uh I'd your like side your side tells a story already there i think uh, it sounds <laughs> accurate based on that side <laughs> uh, okay well it is accurate, right? The first line is definitely like dum ganesh no it's it's weird it feels like somebody google translated Right. Or mm. I guess in that time, used Babelfish mm. to like figure out how to say, no, you're not Ganesh. The problem is the second sentence he said, where he's like, I, I could not figure out what that word was because that word was not the word that they subtitled. Mm, okay. Mm. Like a Poo's mom on the phone is, is speaking Hindi, right? Uh, for like, it sounds like for a few words okay. in here. Well, here, I'll play the clip. Yes, yes, Manjula. I will take care of all the wedding plans. You just get on a plane and come to America. <laughs> I have to go. Kibalaha kudihe. Believe me, I'd like to. <laughs> Goodbye. I've been looking over this list of things for the ceremony. I've got the extra wine glasses, but I'm still short a tandoori oven, an elephant, and four castrati. What's a castrati? I don't know, but I'm sure it's spicy. Why is that woman still living here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Bart like, doesn't know either. Yeah, it's, eh, <laughs> story's gotta go. Before she says, "Believe me, I'd like to." That sounds like it's supposed to be Hindi. Yeah, it's kind of like it's it's like I totally missed that the first time when you guys uh, said it because I was thinking about the Hindi that they used in the yeah in the wedding part. But yeah, Kebala who could kuti. It's like um, it means bitch. Ah, okay. Whoa. It basically, it, she's basically like saying, like, this is, a, I mean, she's basically swearing at, about Marge. Okay, cool. I see. I see. Man, they got something real dirty on the air. Oh, yeah. Like, like 
when I was just listening to the second, my eyes popped and I was like, <laughs> that can't be what she said on TV. <laughs> like, holy shit. But I, but mm. I do like Andrea Martin's, uh, believe me, yeah. I'd like to. Right in front of Marge. I, yeah. She knows what, like, Marge knows what that means. Like, she's, though, then again, Marge is too stupid to know what a cast, I feel like you know what a castrati is. Marge is too innocent to know what a castrati is. I guess. Does she listen to a lot of opera? (laughs) Yeah, I suppose not. But that, but that she implies it must be spicy food. That's, uh, (laughs) that's all she knows about Indian culture is the food is spicy. Basically. I mean, Apu did make them food so spicy, Lisa could see through time, as, uh, as we recall from, uh, Another very, uh, very culturally informed episode of The Simpsons. Uh, but now I know what tandoori is. I don't think I had tandoori chicken until years after. Oh, I same saw. here. Probably like twenty years. There was it, uh, you know. To uh, in, I was fifteen when this episode came out. I was just a very like sheltered suburban kid. There weren't many Indian restaurants in my area that that I knew of, and and they, my family, like it just seemed too out there to to beans different. <laughs> yeah, beans. Yes, yeah. A different type of bread with this food. What a different type of rice. This yeah, I didn't eat right. Indian food until I was like twenty five because there was just nowhere to eat it where I grew yeah, up. Me neither. <laughs> uh, but so uh so meanwhile while marge is planning the ceremony which the things she's describing also have to be thousands of dollars yeah like an entire tandoori like how big is a tandoori i guess oven? they're saving space on a uh like a location rental sure by having it in the simpsons backyard also all these people who are coming over to go to the stranger's backyard yeah for the ceremony yeah. you think she'd want it in a better place <laughs> they're having it around a tree house it seems like they can afford it a better place Man, I have a lot of thoughts about that. Like, first off, so a tandoori oven, right? It's a big, gigantic square that's, let's say, about maybe four to five feet tall, about three feet, two to three feet in diameter with a big, like, cylinder in the middle. Nobody gets a tandoori at home. When you're, like, cooking outside, you will get, like, a propane tank and a griddle the way that Mm. Americans do because Mm. nobody's looking around a 4,000-pound oven. (laughs) Elephants, I've seen a few weddings where people insist on elephants and they're really stupid. Most of the time, I mean, people will take a horse or they will just use a car because this is America. Uh. We don't need to have elephants and horses. <laughs> I don't know about the castrati. I think that's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> After while they're planning stuff, Homer is, I guess, taking Apu out to like a bachelor party of sorts. I mean, he's taking him drinking. It's not so much a bachelor party, but they they talk about celebrating his last night of uh of freedom. And then there's just some like random mo jokes. I I uh, I do like uh, nothing like a depressant to chase the blues. That's away. a great quote. <laughs> I do like that. And then like another bachelor party at uh, the retirement castle. Oh yes, using yeah. a joke from the critic. Uh, holy shit! Yeah, you're right. They just <laughs> it's an easy joke to make about yes. farting in a jacuzzi. It's uh, it's been made many times. But uh, but yes, let's hear about Apu's last <laughs> night of freedom. Mo, what do you recommend for severe depression? Booze, booze, and more booze. Huh, nothing like a depressant to chase the blues away. Yeah, you got it. Manjula and I have not seen each other in 20 years. Two people cannot fall in love sight unseen. Hold on there, counting on that. Well, just 24 hours of freedom left. Actually, it's more like 12. Nope, I'm so stupid. Seven. It's seven hours. You have seven hours. See? Seven. Oh... (laughs) Well, I'm hot-blooded, check it and see. I got a fever of a hundred and three. 
Very sad rendition of Hot Blooded. <laughs> I like the. So what I like about bringing back Hot Blooded there is that it shows their forethought that they knew they were going to use Hot Blooded. It wasn't just chosen in the edit. They wanted Hot Blooded from the beginning oh, because yeah. they knew they were going to reprise it with his song later. So I that's what I really like about the use of Hot Blooded there. And uh, I think it's funny too that like uh, we we love to joke about the continuity so on here, but the I think it's funny that Homer and Barney are there, but Skinner should really be there too. It should be a full B Sharps reunion. You're right. Yeah. For his bachelor party though that does explain why skinner is at the wedding him and edna are together at it he he should be invited they they were in a gold record grammy winning (laughs) music music group before they were superstars boy there's some uh there's some really dark information out there about the realities of being a mail order bride it's it's sad you don't want to look it up it's it's depressing i don't think we get these jokes anymore (laughs) or the term mail order bride doesn't ever come up anymore when i was a kid it just seemed like i took it literally two in the morning yeah like uh-huh. a woman shows up in a box and she's your wife. Yes, yeah. Which not, I guess figuratively it sort of is like that. Uh, it's yeah, so it's a lots more sad. Yes. Yeah, I did my college thesis on like immigration fraud and uh, fake marriages and mail order brides and stuff in Indian culture. So I'm not going to talk about that because mm. that's a great way to kill a mood. Let me tell you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Here's some fun uh, elephant jokes instead. <laughs> Let's have fun elephant jokes. Yes. I I do also like that Homer just like C seven and he just shoves the watch in his face well he gets some returning characters oh yeah for the first time since season five since their debut it's gunter and ernst oh yes Yes. yeah it's i'll make you disappear it's great to see see them again i i oh but wait on the seven hours thing though okay so does he mean they have to wake up in seven hours and it's like midnight on the commentary they're asking the same question like it's presumably four in the morning right yeah (laughs) they've they've been on they had that on a real cornelius talmage like bender tonight and yeah, if it's four in the morning, they're like, okay, at 11 a.m. I mean, if I was up on that wedding night, I probably wouldn't be able to sleep either. So why not go out and drink, I suppose? Well, because there's like ceremonies and things that you're doing. <laughs> okay, so the traditional joke is like, oh, an Indian wedding is three days long. Because bef- the day before the wedding, there's a, a puja that you do. And then the day before that is the day that you would have like the big party and the song and dance and like all of that stuff. It's like a pre-reception and then like a pre-ceremony and then the ceremony. So the night before his wedding, I would be very surprised. And he's a Brahmin. He would probably be at home, you know, fasting and praying. Not oh. like off bendering. Huh. <laughs> I'm learning so much. I well, I mean, dude, you brought a wedding officiant on a wedding. <laughs> no, thank you. God, My apologies I, to the audience. <laughs> I do love how Homer explains the retirement home as a place where people live like there's no tomorrow because they'll die tomorrow. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's that. dark. But uh, wow. I do love Gunter Nerds. Yes. Yeah. And they pick out their white tiger. Yes. Yeah. Actually, let's let's Number hear six. let's hear about uh, let's hear from Gunter Nerds here. Which bomb? Night of Springfield flight is she on? The 10 o'clock, the 10.15, or the 10.30? Oh, I am so terribly sorry, sir. It appears that your tiger has been sent to St. Louis. Uh-huh. I should send you to St. Louis. No, no, he's not worth it. Can you please indicate your tiger type on this chart? Mm, number, number six. So they were last seen trying to trying to uh, seduce Barney. Oh, that's right. Yes. So like after they were torn apart by that same tiger. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, Barney could have went out with them. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he did. 
<laughs> also, I'm super here for any Air India jokes. Screw that airline. It really is the it exactly is the type of airline that would send your tiger to St. Louis. <laughs> and I love the idea that there are for some reason three flights to Springfield, like that are 15 minutes apart. It's a very popular. Uh, I guess that's where you make your transfer. All direct, like direct Bombay to Springfield. No layovers like, or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. San Francisco, you get like one flight a day, man. <laughs> like Springfield must have a hopping immigrant community <laughs> to need three Air India flights. <laughs> uh, and I, I, it's, it is the easy cow joke, but I, I do like the phrase, we treat you like cattle, meaning a different thing. For, yeah. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> that, it's, that cow's it's enjoying itself yeah. on the plane. It made me laugh. Not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> and I like the implication, yeah, that Gunter and Ernst ha- have actual magical powers, and they're dangerous. <laughs> he pulls his hand back, like I is. He's definitely going to make him go to St. Louis. It's so weird <laughs> that they brought them back for this one joke. Yeah. Boy, I like this. They had to be in somebody's brain. Like we need those guys back. I wonder. You know, it could have been just like they write Siegfried and Roy in there. And somebody tells them, wait, we can't do the real guys. We might get in trouble. And uh, somebody they else remembered. remembers, hey, we already have a Siegfried and Roy, don't we? I, I The Gunter and Ernst don't make as many appearances as I thought they had. That's true. Yeah, I remember them being in a lot more episodes. Yeah. I guess that was just wishful thinking. I wanted to see. It was so much fun. But yeah, so it's time to prepare for the ceremony. Bart is burning a hymn book to make the fire sacred. Which... Oh, man. this That scene... I was just like, no, there's no way in hell. No, never going to happen. Oh, my God. And she just lets that, him do it. Like, originally, it um, horrifying. Originally, it was written that Bart was tearing pages out of the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. First off, somebody would have shanked me for that. Like, <laughs> they would have found the nearest Indian person and just stabbed them. But because that's like basically apostasy, right? Like, first off, here's the deal, right? In Indian culture, in Hindu culture, books are very sacred. Mm. If you touch a book with your foot, it's about as big of a sin as like kicking your mother. It's like because yeah. books are like learning. They're uh, Saraswati, the goddess of learning, lives within your books. You're not supposed to touch them with your feet, let alone desecrate them, let alone tear pages out of a hymn book, which is a literal liturgical mm-hmm. book, to throw into a sacred fire. Are you goddamn kidding me? Like, <laughs> I want to think that they were Christian hymns because the original joke was Bart tearing pages out of the Bible. It doesn't I, even matter. I like that, I like that like, a lot more because it's more sacrilegious to me. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, there's that. But like... <laughs> Look, man, I'm a Hindu. I got 30 million gods. The Bible's in there, too. (laughs) (laughs) Any religious book, the idea of, like, just tearing the page, like, just watching him, like, tear those pages was just (laughs) making me cringe. Like, I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe. It felt blasphemous to me, let alone to, like, the the, first off, that fire, that fire is, like, the size of a king-sized bed. Like, that's not how big those things would get. If, <laughs> if he had that many hymn books to toss in there to make that fire that big, her house burned down, right? Like, <laughs> you know, I, some space issues happening here. I I think it's uh, you know actually I think it's kind of ironic that Mike Scully changed that from a Bible to a hymn book to be less like blasphemous, less blasphemous or, two, yeah. or less you know possibly offensive when they. They don't seem that worried about being offensive with other religions. That's true. Yes. Right. Uh, and also, like, how is that less offensive? What other religion do you know that uses hymns? Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> that's pretty much like a Christian book right there. 
Yeah, I like, mean, it's still something you'd have in church, like so. From it's, God's brain to your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> like I feel like at that point you're implying that he all ran out of Bibles and has now gone to <laughs> tier two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like you know I like that reading too. That he's burned all the Bibles already. He's now onto the hymn. <laughs> feel like a stack of Bible covers next to him. <laughs> this line from Homer here, I believe the joke is that Homer. Homer is the jerk who is judging another society, but it's still, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a big fan of this line. How is that fire ring coming? Is it sacred yet? Almost. Can you believe it? Tradition forbids me even to speak to the woman I'm about to spend my life with. Has the whole world gone crazy? Nah, just your screwy country. <sighs> your yeah, old friend Apu you is a lamb being led to the slaughter. Don't worry, Apu. Someday you'll meet someone you really love. <sighs> I am really doomed. Only the gods could stop this wedding now. Gods, eh? God. God, Homer is again so so checked out of this story. <laughs> He's just very I mean, that's again being kind of racist, but also being so dismissive, like ah, I don't care. But then yeah. when the chance for more mischief arrives, he's like, Oh, I could dress up like Ganesh. Gods, eh? With yeah. his uh, Ganesh costume he keeps on hand, possibly. Yeah, like what? <laughs> I assume that's not part of the the, the ritual or the ceremony. And no. All. Yeah. No, it is very much not. <laughs> I didn't think so. Uh, but just as, yeah, Homer's nah, just your screwy country is, uh, the joke is, I think, supposed to be on Homer being that way, but it uh, it does almost feel like a judgment that the writers might agree with. Yeah, yeah it, I feel like that's one of those things where the writers are like, man, we tried to, we spent hours studying this goddamn stuff and you gave us nothing. Screw you people. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like Homer's reactions to God's eh? because his, his scheme is, it reminds me of Homer goes to college a little bit where he seems to think that he is in a TV show or a movie. And so he's going to do what a movie scheme would have been. And just like how in going to college, he thinks that you have to fight the Dean and the Dean is a stupid head. Yeah. When he hears gods, he basically has a Gilligan Island style theme uh, that also includes very racistly thinking that people would believe he is the god just because he dressed up as them, which is uh, very horrible of Homer. I think it was more effective in Homer Goes to College because he was watching the thing yes. that gives him yeah. the, the ideas. And this is just like we have to assume that Homer has seen things He's like this before. He's just assuming that these people are so gullible that they'll believe anything. <laughs> well, and, and he does know the god because he tried to feed it a peanut. That's in, true. Uh, Homer the heretic. Yes. As, uh, and yes. It's also a, a plot point in Much Poop About Nothing. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was real, real disappointed mm. and frustrated. And that one just sucked. Okay. Like uh -huh. Homer is just being a dick. And like, not just like the Homer style dick, but like that actually felt more. I mean, I think, Bob, what you've been saying this whole episode is correct. Homer is not like. A real part of this it doesn't feel like his character it feels like the writers are basically just making judgments on a homework assignment that they were given and didn't want to do i see and because of that they're just writing insults wherever mm. they can mm. yeah yeah that's i i can i see that reading there i well so uh more guests arrive mo uh mo doesn't want flowers but then decides it can hide his gravy stain better i like that bark gets a quick kick in on mo and just says it's tradition he can no longer prank <laughs> mo so he's got to hurt him in some way <laughs> that made me laugh too yeah because <laughs> that's exactly the kind of joke that i pull on my people when we do weddings <laughs> it's just i'm like so like when i was getting married and my mother-in-law was super earnest and just super like wanting to do everything 
everything right. And she'd be like, okay, so what do we need to get? And I'm like, well, did you guys get the three camels we need? And she's like, where am I going to find camels? <laughs> and, like, and, I'm, and my wife just slaps me. She's like, there's no camels. He just made fun of you. But they were seriously going to go and try to find camels. <laughs> they said, that's so well-meaning of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely. Uh, Lovejoy is, uh, unlike you, a very informed officiant. Lovejoy is, uh, is, is also working on it. Thanks for helping us out, Reverend. I know you've never performed a Hindu ceremony. Well, Christ is Christ. Plus, I consulted a Hindu website. Hello, everyone. What a happy, happy day. Wow, I wish I had an elephant. You did. His name was Stampy. You loved him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Uh, lucky mouse <laughs> Bart is like uh, I think he's like one of the writers at this point like oh that could have been a good idea for a story but we did it <laughs> yeah then some other nerd tells him like you already did that story like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so so I have like things to say about this one uh, <laughs> go for it <laughs> so <laughs> first off so when you're doing a wedding the idea that you would grab a Christian minister who's in town to do this is almost like breaking the suspension of disbelief because if you're flying these people from India to come here to do a wedding and you're getting all this stuff, you think that they're not also just going to grab a priest and fly him too, assuming they don't get one from the next County over to drive over. I have been asked to do weddings like that are four hour drive, five hour drives away from me. Wow. Just because like, that's just what you do. You will find the closest guy in your time zone, let alone your zip code. And it just seemed totally unbelievable to me that they have to get Lovejoy. Like, that's almost like the the kick in the pants on top of the rest of the episode, where it's like, yeah, we're not even going to bother. We're just going to use our token religious guy to to do the thing because he read it on a website. Are you kidding? Apu's mom is letting a lot of things slide. No, <laughs> that's exactly it. Like, she's fire and brimstone in the beginning of the episode. And by the end, she's just like, just get the damn thing done. <laughs> uh, and this is stands of like, Christ is Christ. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, uh... oh. <laughs> and then, so the other thing that you guys might not have noticed, so there's, so I'll put writing it on the elephant, which congratulations to Marge for finding an elephant in Springfield and put decking it out with the right thing and putting them on there. Here's a bunch of things that can struck me immediately. Hmm. First off, Apu's got no friends. He's got no like other Indian friends, other Indian relations, other males or women or anybody like in his community at all. We don't see his brother there. either. Sanjay. Yeah, no Sanjay in this. Yeah, yeah, like cause in an Indian wedding when the groom is coming, in front of him would be all of his friends and all of his family and everybody just dancing and partying and like, you know, leading the elephant in because they're supposed to represent like the ghouls and goblins that are bringing Shiva to his wedding mm. that are just going to be having a great party in time. And it's like, it's supposed to be like chaos and merriment and there's nobody like there's no family. There's nothing. He's just stuck by himself. And then the elephant steps on a mouse. Now we've been having Ganesh references all episode long. Ganesh's mount is a mouse. So that's like part mm. of what the big like Hindu iconography is that you've always got Ganesh there and you got his little mouse next to him to represent kind of the quick wittedness of this God and like this whole kind of relationship. So having this elephant kind of just come and stomp on a mouse and just like kill it in the middle of like the wedding ceremony, which is a, the most bad luck you can possibly imagine. Yeah. Like it's just, and it's just like, are you for real with this? Wow. Like you're going to have a random mouse in the middle of nowhere show up and just get, 
crunched for real? <laughs> well, Apu did later cheat on Manjula, so it could, could be like a premonition, maybe. <laughs> sure, but I'm just like, somebody spent their time, did their homework, and was like, well, we got this stuff, and we're going to use it somewhere, damn it. <laughs> I had always read the mouse thing just as a, a misdirect on the classic thing. Like, uh, the the elephant is scared of the mouse and runs away. Yeah. Uh, for, and then, so then it, it, I don't love jokes about animal cruelty, but... It is a very the harshness is a funny turn on like the 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 elephant is not afraid of it it instantly kills him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean don't get me wrong, that's a funny joke and like in another context I think it would be like perfectly fine because it makes sense within the context of the Simpsons. It's funny. It's again, I'm not with you on squishing mice either, but I do like the the western idea of like oh the elephant is like it feels like an old Hanna-Barbera or like Bugs Bunny cartoon yeah. where, you know, the elephant is just like, oh, no, there's a mouse. And he squunches up, but instead of just great crunches, that totally fits. I mean, this is itchy and scratchy land, right? Yeah. But in an Indian context episode where you're looking at everything with this kind of Apu lens, things read differently. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like a joke that might be fine totally in a random other episode suddenly takes a bit of a more, I mean, and this is where I know that like the comments are, you're going to just excoriate me, (laughs) but it's like, this is where it kind of feels a little bit more like, okay, that's a darker edge. And there's like a less well-meaning feeling behind it. Like that was a deliberate choice somebody made. Well, especially they, they if they said they did all this research, then then they should be aware of that if they if they were doing it. They've got Ganesh for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. Well, so this next clip, I'm gonna have to first play the death jingle no. because we do have a a late guest on The Simpsons here. Death stalks you at every turn. Ah, there it is, death. That'd be Jan Hooks. Yes. Died the, in October of 2014 and the voice of Manjula for quite a few episodes. Has it been five years, almost five almost years Almost five already. years, yeah. I can't believe it. And I will tell you, if you want to be uh, cry a lot or get really sad, uh, look up one sketch she did. It's actually a short film she did on SNL with Phil Hartman, by the way. It's called Love is a Dream. It's an oddly sentimental and joke-free short film mm. where she just dances with Phil Hartman, like dances a waltz with Phil Hartman, <laughs> and they're both dead now. It's so sad. It's, but it's, uh, it's a beautiful, sad. it's a beautiful sketch, question mark. It's mm. just oddly sentimental with no jokes, but it's a very beautiful piece, especially now that they're both doing that in heaven right now. I'd like to believe that. <laughs> Well, and uh, casting her, this was an interesting time for her because I think she had professionally moved to L.A. from New York and had left. She obviously had left SNL at this time, uh, but around this time... She was she was appearing in sitcoms that were filmed in L.A. Most prominently, she had a recurring role in Third Rock from the Sun. You're right. And yeah. In the yeah. first her first episode appearance was with Phil Hartman, and they had to rewrite that uh, that mm. part two when they came back because they More didn't have sadness. Phil Hartman. In it. Yes. Yeah. I uh, don't want to bum everybody out with all this Hartman talk, but but it does also make me sad too that like Jan Hooks because of the timing, even though Manjula would come back several times, she never got to share a scene with phil hartman on the show yeah because he's gone by the time she makes her second appearance uh speaking second appearance right right yeah and she was very underrated she had tons of great appearances and stuff but then she also kind of softly retired or barely appeared in things in the in the 2000s and when she passed away a lot of people were like oh yeah jan hooks what happened that was my reaction sadly yeah 
Well, and then the story was like, yeah, she just, she didn't want to work. She, or she was getting less work too as an actress of a certain age. That's just kind of what happens, especially when you're funny and not, uh, not seen as attractive. The interesting thing I found out too, is I thought she had played all main Jula, but after six episodes, she stopped voicing main uh, Jula. It was Tress McNeil, I bet. After 2002, yeah. Tress McNeil took over. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that also feels like a money thing too, right? I think I so mean, too. Yeah. But, uh, how about her accents? What is the judgment compared to Andrea Martin's accent? I would have to listen to it again because okay. I'm just oh, well, trapped right here in my head. Okay, let's let's give a listen to her her first lines here. Uh, also, as uh, Homer arrives uh, with his uh, oh, new ski. God beer. damn it, <laughs> Manjula, Apu, remember me? Obviously not. <laughs> I am the god Ganesh. This wedding angers me. All will die unless it is stopped. Oh, God. Please, listen to me. Stop chasing Ganesh. You're just going to get more wrath. So there you have it. <laughs> what I didn't like is how they didn't put the effect on his voice for those last two lines. Yeah. His head is lazy. inside of a giant elephant mask, people. That's lazy there. Which is the most offensive thing about that scene, <laughs> by far. Oh. Oh, first off, Ganesh is not a wrathful god, not even remotely. Like, he's a happy-go-lucky, good luck god. Ganesh is at your wedding to remove the obstacles, not be like, this angers me. Like, what the hell kind of Indiana Jones bullshit is that? I think uh, Henry had to write that he's seen Gilgan's Island. Yes, yeah, I think. <laughs> and he thinks of, like, angry island yeah, gods or like whatever. Yeah, Chaka type of level. Like he's gonna of... make a volcano explode or something. <laughs> I was just like, what are you, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> and then when, like, the Indian guy's like, you're not Ganesh. I'm like, duh. <laughs> even they're not that stupid. Come on. Like, his arms are bright yellow for one thing, right? And then <laughs> But like the Bedanga Nayo, like I don't know what that word means. I don't know where they got it from. Hmm. Like that's not like the word Sundar might be more for like graceful. But the point is still like no, they're not gonna get up and try to beat him up like he's a pinata that's shaped like Ganesh or something like that. It just seems so, I guess, uh, tone deaf. Mm. You know, like. I mean, it's very Homeric, right? To be like, yeah, aha, I'm just gonna come up with a scheme and do a thing and be a bumbling dunderhead. But I'm like, oh man, Homer, this is where I'd go. Homer's scheme is fitting for Homer, yeah. But maybe the in uh, like the the Indian people's reaction to it is a little like they should be. More just like, I am just disgusted at you. We like, do see the disgust on their faces, but I think Homer yeah. should have bowed out of the plot after this point. It's like, we didn't need another Homer scene. Yeah, yeah. I think they just felt like, uh, we need more Captain Wacky. We need more Captain Wacky. Especially because he didn't care. He left the plot. Now he's <laughs> yeah. like, God, Zay. Like, no, no, Homer, you're done. You're done with this plot. <laughs> <laughs> the Hindi being off, I think it. I I remember like when they've spoken, say like uh, Japanese or Mandarin in previous ones too, and it's it's the actors on the show. It's it's just phonetically. Well, yeah, no, I mean I, that I'm not going to hold against them. I know how that works. I'm sure somebody just gave them a script and said, "Here's a bunch of words. This is kind of what they're vaguely supposed to sound like. Good luck, bye." And like that totally makes sense. That's just kind of that's how TV works, right? I get it. Mm-hmm. Like. I was impressed that they had it in there at all. And I was like, okay, it fits fine. It's just in such a weird scene that it's like totally over, like overshadowed by the fact that there's a giant plaster of Paris Ganesh Mm -hmm. kind of rumble bumbling around. Like he's 
an Indiana Jones film. Homer made or extra arms, Island. too. Like, he really <laughs> went all out in the five minutes it took to prepare that costume. Yeah, yeah I'm like, where did you get those extra arms, buddy? I I, uh, I really like the animation on it that the the top arms never move because <laughs> yeah. they're not real arms. Like, and one falls off as he's running away from the, like, I feel like they've never reused that guy again. The, like, there is a, there is a real hunk among them. The one yeah. who chased him down is a big guy. <laughs> uh, I mean... Look, I, I give them credit for for committing to this. <laughs> like, if we're going to be in this, we're going to do this all the way. But mm. uh, as as all the, as Homer's being beaten in the background, <laughs> Apu and Manjula have their uh, kind of a meet cute, I guess you'd say, in, in rom com terms. I'm afraid this is all oh my, my fault, Manjula. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, I have not exactly been looking forward to this arranged marriage. Oh, nor have I. Marrying a complete stranger? It is crazy. All right. Ganesh has been subdued. <laughs> All will die. Resume the ceremony. Oh, quickly tell me, what is your favorite movie, book, and food? Uh, the answer to all three is fried green tomatoes. <laughs> oh, 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 that, that is good. <clears throat> Double parked. Oh, I am so torn. You are clearly so quick-witted and beautiful. And when I look in your eyes, I see that sweet little boy who sold me my very first kiss. And I liked it. Oh, do you think this marriage could really work? Who knows? We can always get divorced. Of course. God bless America. I like how uh, oh, there are immediately no stakes now. I love that. Yeah. She's like, oh, of course. We can get divorced. Yeah. Like, why was I ever worried about this? Her uh, accent definitely works better, but it's still, uh, I mean, it's still, it's what it is. It feels mm-hmm. clo- like much closer than Andrea Martin's for sure. Oh, I think well, it's a better it performance. It felt too. more like fake India than fake Transylvania. That's true. <laughs> She's from a different fake country. Uh, the, the fried green tomatoes thing, that's a, that's a cute little like first date kind of joke. I like that. I felt like a writer kept that in their pocket for like 20 <laughs> years. Like I got to use, or sorry, 10 years. I got to use this joke somewhere. But in terms of appearance, like I think she could be like the most attractive female Simpsons character. Like they really worked hard. Mm-hmm. on making a woman attractive with that style it yeah. rarely works she has to because you have to get uh you have to feel it has to feel legitimate apu's reaction of like oh wow just that he has to be attracted to her first physically even before getting to know her i i think they pulled it off in mm-hmm. character design well, yeah because yeah. i mean that's also a traditional like american joke right like where you go to the wedding and the bride's got her white dress and a veil on and she lifts it and there's a goblin underneath or something mm-hmm. and i mean you've heard of those old jokes where it's like oh yeah my daughter is so ugly and stuff and then they lift the veil and it's like oh, she's beautiful <laughs> yeah that's like i mean it's a cliche but it works and it fit here because he's been paranoid and terrified about what he's going to end up with and uh i know it's fine it's fine well it's uh, th- there's an interesting line though there where she says the boy who sold me my first kiss mm. i i as far from my looking up i don't think there's a deleted scene on the dvd of him if there could have been a scene where they were kids together i think it's just about the arranged marriage in general she's just being cute about it well okay or the fact that he's like a merchant see that's okay this was the fantasy scene i was creating there Mm. i'm like when in that them is eight-year-old scene in the cut in the flashback that you have Apu pretending to be a shopkeeper even then as a kid like it had always been his dream and then he sells her 
a kiss and she's like what's that and then he like kisses her cheek in some cute way like that's that's uh that's I what see i that imagine too. yeah that. and that that would have been a cute deleted scene to set up more uh but i think it's meant to imply a story that we don't see then in that i case. guess so. or just yeah. refer to the arrangement i like your idea better it's a little cute scene with kids yeah it felt a little out of place to me because of the again the brahma line the brahman line from earlier yeah. where he wouldn't have been a merchant back home like yeah i don't know i, I just thought they were just trying to you know, tie it back to him being quickie mart owner you know Maybe it's a Hershey kiss that he sold her. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they decide they're going to go through with it. They walk around the fire uh, once, which I believe is less times than you're supposed to. Significant. It's it's supposed to be four. Yeah. But I, I figured that like they cut away and then cut back. So I was like, they probably just did the whole ceremony and then just kind of like eh, hand wave it. Okay. They're back. Yay. <laughs> they only have so much time left. So There's I 20 can, seconds I, left. I got to speed this <laughs> wedding up. And it's not exactly like, I mean, what are you going to do? Animate a whole Hindu wedding scene? No, that would just not be the really. Entire episode. It's not particularly funny. <laughs> but okay they're they're holding they're holding a uh ribbon or something together is that is that part of it too uh yeah they would be their their hands would have been tied together it's like a hindu wedding <laughs> when you're doing it a lot of it is first they would be sitting facing each other a bunch of rituals and stuff were performed while their hands are touching fingertip to fingertip and then they would put their hands on top of each other so their right hand on top of their right hand and then they would be wrapped together with this kind of special a uh, cloth and it kind of represents like you know the idea of fusing the two families mm-hmm. together tying the knot that whole sort of thing and then it represents that they're no longer two separate people they're now one couple they would get up take their first steps together around the fire to uh celebrate their vows like the first vow for uh, dharma which is your duty and then artha your like your money and your financial security gam your love and then finally the fourth one she would be leading instead of him for moksha or liberation, you know, nirvana. So that's kind of how it would go. Like them being tied together. That was the one detail here that's legitimate and fit. Okay. All right. Well, it was like they did the research. We had to do something. Use the one piece that we could put in. They got some of the more (laughs) iconic elements. Yeah. Lusting over a lot of the details. I thought that was, I, I, I liked that. I was like, okay. Thank you. Even though the fire is still like the size of a car. <laughs> and yet they have uh, Homer and Marge's song as their wedding song. Yeah, so so that's interesting. Yeah, they they're having the reception and they're they're playing a Hindi cover of the Carpenters or really Burt Bacharach's song mm. uh close I to you. I loved it. It's it's a beautiful I love that song. You have to think Marge gave him that suggestion. Like here's yeah. a romantic song. <laughs> I, and it's also super not unusual. In that era, to have seen people having like American hits translated into Hindi and sung like that—that that is so typical. Not mm. not typical, but like I would not have felt that was out of place. Like I saw that and I was like, ah, I get it. Mm. That's cool. This uh, this is a sweet little wedding party scene that closes out the episode. I I like it here. <laughs> Dad, those peanuts aren't for you. They're for the elephant. Screw him. Ah! Put me down. Ganesh commands you. Oh! Well, so far so good, don't you think? I cannot wait to show you our apartment. Apartment? Oh, no, no, no. You must buy me a house. And you're getting a haircut. Oh. Got you. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, elephant! Oh, 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 o
It's a nice fake out where you think there's still like 10 seconds left for Apu to get out of this and for there to be no continuity, which there mm. normally isn't. Yeah. But it sticks. Yeah, it's uh, it feels much more like a Bill and Josh type thing too, of like a change that sticks. And he's like, uh, I in later years they could have you know easily just said like uh, Manjula leaves him and takes the kids and he's single again, you know. But they they never they never gave into that. I I also do really like how roughly Homer says screw him, yeah, like, <laughs> a little too like on the nose line from Lisa, like Dad, those are the elephants' peanuts. <laughs> I feel like they. They wanted to make the gag as broad as possible. Homer could have just been sitting there eating the peanuts and then get attacked by the elephant. Like, who We'd else would they be for? Yeah, we would have gotten it. It's, uh, I like how Homer... It's very much a don't eat this pie kind of joke. <laughs> but, but the way Homer just shouts to Lisa, screw him. <laughs> and uh, it, it's cute how Manjula like, taps his nose and like kidding. Like, it's cute. She's a very fun and playful character. Yeah, I, like yeah, I felt like the, the end of the episode definitely stuck the landing. In a way that the middle of the episode definitely did not. Mm. Well, and that whole wedding setup apparently stays in their backyard for another two seasons <laughs> uh, because it will be used again for Otto's uh, attempted wedding. Oh, you're right. Oh, my God. In the season 11 episode, it's a mad, 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 mad Marge. With Parker Posey as the guest, as the usurper, as uh, as Marge will say many times. <laughs> uh, but that's that's for a whole year from now. We'll be talking about that in 2020. Uh, but that's the next time we'll be seeing it. I, which is a really funny gag that they never change their backyard. <laughs> I after totally this. forgot about and, that. And it's just been set up for Apu's wedding for uh, two whole years. I like seeing everybody dancing in the background. You see, you know, Pyro, and Pyro. Yeah. You see Edna and Skinner. Also, a little earlier, I do like when Homer's in the tree and people are attacking him. Millhouse is getting in on it too, and he's throwing rocks, <laughs> throwing at, rocks at his ass. And nobody seems to care that Homer is being killed by an elephant. No, like, they're enjoying it. They're pretty <laughs> he <had> it coming. <laughs> so, I guess any final thoughts on this? Uh, I will say that uh, I believe much of Poo about nothing is a better treatment of this character, despite. Uh, uh, some rather poor jokes. I do think their intentions were let's do something more with this stereotype, but at the same time, they were making him a huge stereotype. Yeah. But I do yeah. like the stories that come of this, and I do like Manjula. Uh, ultimately, I feel like it could have been handled better. Uh, it is very much off its time, let's say that. Yeah. I like that they decided to give more to Apu. It shows that they do like the character by giving him a wife and, and all these new stories they can tell with him. And, uh, and I, I like that they found some more interior life to him and a relationship with his mother is explored for humorous intent. Like that they could have honestly brought her back. Andrea Martin is such a great guest too, that it's very unfortunate that they, uh, pretty much didn't afterwards. And yeah, there's some real regrettable stuff in here. Let's, uh, say yeah. the <laughs> we've gone over it, and, yeah, but it's, this is, uh, and, and also there's just some really funny deliveries in this one too, of lines. Like I, I, how much some characters don't care in it is kind of, is pretty funny too. Yeah. I, I like Sleepy, that. dismissive Homer, just sort of making problems just because he's in a so sitcom. Weird. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird. It's a weird Homer. This episode's kind of like a mixed bag for me. Like there were a few real, real, real bad parts, 
but there were a lot of funny laughs. I mean, there were a lot of good laugh lines. I definitely enjoyed the way it ended. I liked that last scene a lot. In terms of like factuality, okay, look, dude, this was this is not a good episode for them in terms of cultural sensitivity, but it was definitely an episode of 1990s. Mm-hmm. You get what you expect out of that. It made me angry and it made me really like cringy. Not angry, but it definitely made me cringe a whole mm-hmm. lot. But it's just like, what? It definitely, it gave him depth. It gave him like more character than you normally get for Apu, who up until now was not really exactly explored right like it treated him with the kind of the kind of detail of attention that they would give to other characters which i felt was really nice yeah excellent nice. well shivam you were the perfect guest for this episode yes thank you so <laughs> uh, much please let all of our listeners know where they can find you on twitter you know you've got podcasts going on and also if they need to get married <laughs> they can find you too i mean i definitely do weddings i do western and indian weddings yeah you can find me on twitter at electrotal e-l-e-k-t-r-o-t-a-l and i'm also on a weekly ma- podcast about magic the gathering called commanderin which has a twitter feed at at commanderin c-o-m-m-a-n-d-e-r-i-n mtg but you can find that link from my main twitter feed of electrotel thank you guys so much for having me on i realize i'm a little bit of a stereotype here and that i show up for the <laughs> key up who episodes that's our fault yes like, yeah sorry as I mean, the as the white writers of this podcast know, though, i do like the simpsons i've always liked the simpsons and so it's, I don't want you guys to get the wrong idea that I'm just sitting here like, can you believe they trashed my people again? Because yes, they do. They do it every time, but that's okay. Cause it's also funny. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's funnier than others. And sometimes it's a Transylvanian mom and <laughs> I don't know what to do with this episode, man. I, I, I almost wish that the writers had done less research. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they did enough research to get themselves in trouble, <laughs> but not enough to actually be good. <laughs> well, yeah. your cultural knowledge is very important, but we will have you back for a non-Apu episode. Yes, promise, <laughs> promise. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. This Thank you. Thank you. So yes, thanks again to Shivam. He was the perfect guest doing hundreds of uh, Hindu weddings. Yes. I knew that he did weddings. I did not know how many he did. So mm. he is definitely the authority on this. Yeah. And the authority on many things. So we thank him for his knowledge. I hope our listeners, too, they learned a lot about uh, the ceremonies, what Simpsons got right, what Simpsons got wrong. And uh, we could still have fun with this episode, too. Yeah. I appreciate so much, again, that Shivam uh, came on and, and informed us, the uh, the ignorant white guys on the show. Someone needs to do it. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, thanks for listening, folks. This has been Talking Simpsons. If you want to support the show and get all kinds of bonus stuff on top of that, please go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons and sign up for the Talking Simpsons Network. For the low cost of $5, you can get every episode of this podcast a week ahead of time and ad-free, and the same goes for our sister podcast, What a Cartoon. At the $5 level, we also have bonus miniseries like Talking Futurama, Talking Critic, and the upcoming very, very soon Talking of the Hill. We're going through the entire first season of King of the Hill with the Talking Simpsons treatment and there will be a second mini series in 2019 as well and on top of that there's so many bonus things i have no time to list in here but if you sign up right now at the five dollar level and you're new you'll have so much to catch up on you'll almost have too many podcasts but not <laughs> enough in my opinion henry what else do we have going on well we have tons of amazing interviews on there including two brand new ones uh, jeff martin which is available now and one mystery one that will you'll be hearing very soon too and those are only available to five dollar and up patrons we have uh, i mean 
we're getting close to 20 total interviews on there with tons of people who have worked on The Simpsons, including some from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You will learn so many things. We go beyond the commentaries with our the commentaries is where we begin with our conversations with these people, and it goes from there. You'll learn so much. Like in our Jeff Martin one, we learned a ton of stuff about the early years of The Simpsons. You learn from about him. the um, the ceiling of the writer's room with every interview. We find more about that ceiling <laughs> That's, and what uh, was on it. It's an amazing ceiling. Yeah. Uh, it tells the story itself. And if you want to go premium at the Patreon at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons, if you go up to $10 a month, not only will you get access to all of the premium video content that we did previously, but you also get each month a brand new What a Cartoon Movie podcast where me and Bob go through a different animated film in the Talking Simpsons style. We've done Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Kiki's Delivery Service, Akira, and a goofy movie. You can hear all of those if you go up to the $10 level and you get a brand new one each month voted on by the Talking Simpsons Network at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. And again, that is patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Everything you give to us helps support the shows. We live off of this. We appreciate anything you can give to patreon.com slash talking simpsons as for me i've been one of your hosts bob Mackey. find me on twitter as bob servo my other podcast is retro knots every monday and occasionally on friday go to retronauts.com or look for retro knots in your podcast device and sign up and subscribe and like and i think you'll like the podcast henry how about you hey i'm henry gilbert and you can follow me on twitter at h-e-n-e-r-e-y-g when there's new episodes on the patreon when there's new events going on in the world of our podcast or when there's news of the world i feel like commenting on you can learn all about that if you follow me at h-e-n-e-r-e-y-g thanks so much for listening folks we'll see you next week with lisa the skeptic we'll see you then Ladies and gentlemen, let me be the first to present to you Mr. and Mrs. Apu Nahasapim Apetalon. Ah, jeez, I am no good at weddings. I am no good at weddings. <laughs> <laughs>